I like dick and he doesn't, so. Uh. Oh, there you go. <laughs> I want that on a clip. <laughs> from days of long ago, from uncharted regions of the universe, comes a legend. became the mighty Battle Cat, and I became He-Man, the most powerful man in the universe. Welcome to Star Joe's Podcast, episode 123, You Will Always Need Us. I'm your host, Ryan. And I'm Chuck. And welcome back, everyone. Yes, you will always need us. We will yes. always be there. We'll be lurking in the shadows. Yes, good evening. <laughs> We're standing You're outside welcome. your window right now. Yeah, welcome to Masterpiece Theater. <laughs> How's it going, Chuck? How have things been for you? Good, good. How are you? I'm doing all right. Uh, uh, well, I did get bumped in the rear... Well, my car got bumped in the rear. Wow. <laughs> Already with the porn. Nice. Right, exactly. I like it. Uh, well, I have you on the so show. I figure I need to. a minute at a band camp. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, I figure I have you're back in the show with me. I figure I needed to up my game a little bit more. So <laughs> You better bring the gay porn. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, uh, no, I got rear-ended by, uh, in my car. And, uh, yeah, again, again, <laughs> no, uh, some, I was sitting at a red light and some lady driving home from work just smashed right into the back of me. So, so that wasn't fun, but I'm okay. And she was okay. And, uh, and you got a rental car out of it. Yeah. And my favorite part of the whole thing was, uh, the lady goes, I asked her for her insurance and she gave me her insurance and wrote it down and everything else. As I'm writing it down, I said to her, I was like, okay, you need to call the police and let them know. And she goes, oh, we need to call the police. I was like, yeah, it's an accident. Call the police. She goes and gets her phone, and she goes, I'm going to call my husband first. I was like, okay, while you're calling your husband, I'm going to call the police. <laughs> yeah. Okay, go ahead. We're not playing this game yeah. of like my I'll husband. Call them. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, of my husband says we shouldn't get the police involved. Yeah, because you're the one at fault. That's why. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> um, but other than that, things have been good. Uh, now, have you had a chance to see X-Men Days of Future Past yet? Oh no, no! Oh. I didn't get a chance to see it at all. You jackass! <laughs> I know. <laughs> all right, all right. I'm waiting, I'm waiting to see that in Transformers Four. Yeah, 
I'm going to see it because of the show. <laughs> what are you talking about? It looks awesome. No. <laughs> and you can't again. I think it looks awesome. I don't think it looks awesome. <laughs> oh, my God. This might be the downfall of the franchise. <laughs> Prime, like the dinosaur. Yeah, not good. Awesome. It's not even a dinosaur. It's a dragon. <laughs> yep. Uh, Grimlock. Roll yeah. with it. And I've seen the toys, and they don't really impress me either, so... Um, but if it keeps the franchise alive to give yeah, me well, the figures I want, then I'm all for it because that's more than what G.I. Joe has done for me. Oh, my God, I know. At least Transformers is putting out crappy toys. Right. Well, and you do get the Generations toys, which is the ones I like. Where, like, if yeah, G.I. Joe came be, out with... Well, uh, you got to do the movie toys to sell to the kids, to do right. the crappy toys to sell to everybody else and market everything right. to give the collector guys the toys they want. Right, and that's the thing. If G.I. Joe's movie was, like, good enough to put out toys for it that kids were buying, then I could get toys that are geared more towards me. Um, but that's not what happened. It is what happened with Transformers, but it didn't happen with G.I. Joe. So. Yeah, like at least four Transformer movies. G.I. Joe has two movies, possibly a third one in the works. Yeah. You know, Star Wars has a seventh movie coming out. Yeah. I'm, I'm more interested in the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movie than I am the Transformers oh, yeah, they're, they're getting a movie, too. Yeah. Another, another one. They've had four already. Yeah. I'm more, yeah. Is getting shit on. Yeah, I'm more interested, though, in the Turtles movie than I am the Transformers movie. I cannot say that. Really? Oh. Oh, yeah, no. Transformers looks horrible to me. <laughs> I don't really like the designs of the Ninja Turtles, and I saw some of the sneak preview, you know, eh. pics they put on Facebook for the toys. Yeah. I mean, I want to go see the movie. Hopefully the movie will be good, but I just don't really like the looks of the Turtles. Yeah, they don't look too bad to me. I don't like the nose thing or what nostril thing or whatever, but that's fine. I don't know. I, I like I said. I just I've seen so much of Transformers. I already didn't like the Michael Bay design characters, anyways. But yeah, it was growing on me. No, it was not growing on me. Um, I I did like the third one the best. I will say that. So maybe they were growing on me a little bit. But I think it was more so. And I think I mentioned this in an earlier episode when that movie came out. I think it was my brain finally just gave up and said, all right, this is what you're going to get. You're not going to get what you want. So <laughs> the female interest got a little hotter than Megan Fox. Yeah, but oh, uh, dude, she was, come on. I know. But if I want to watch a movie for a hot girl, I got a lot of other choices out there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I liked the movies. They were fun. I went, th I, you know, there could be no humans in the Transformers movie and I'd be okay with that because <laughs> I'm going to watch giant robots trans that transform. Yeah. So. All right, so we do have some uh, listener feedback. We do have some news. So I thought we'd go, go ahead and jump right into the news first, and then we'll get into some of the listener feedback, and then we got a lot of issues to cover. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, all right, so we're going to the Laserbeak report. Laserbeak brings news. All right, so I figured I'd get the sad news out of the way right away. Um, uh oh, what's going on? What's that? And, and that was that Casey Kasem passed away. Ah, uh, yeah, Shaggy. Uh, yeah. Shaggy, Cliff Jumper. Yeah, uh, Transformers, yeah. Yep. Yeah. He was also Mark from uh, Pla Battle of the Planets. And nice. Yeah, he was. <laughs> pulled that right out of your ass. I did. He was also Teletran 1 on Transformers. Did you no, know he's that? Teletran 1. No, I didn't know that. <laughs> I did um, know he was Cliff Jumper because you could hear him. Yeah. And he was Robin on the Super Friends. Yeah. Yeah. I knew that one. Yeah. 
So, uh, very sad. He was 82. Uh, I actually looked up. He passed away from Lewy body. Uh, it's a dementia. It's the second biggest dementia disease out there next to Alzheimer's. Yeah. So he probably didn't even know he died. No. And they said he was in the hospital for a couple of weeks. So yeah, he was missing for a while. Yeah. Yeah. That was kind of crazy. Yeah. So, so is obviously American top 40, all that type of stuff. I mean, he is going to be, yeah, that's kind of the radios where I knew him. Yeah. He's before a legend. Before any of it. Yeah. And then I heard the, uh, he did Shaggy, and I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Did you hear the the spoof when he's on the radio and he did the the cut? And he goes, I can't come out of this guy's dedication for his dead dog, and you guys have these damn music up-tempo. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's hilarious meltdown. you got to check mm-hmm. it out. It's on YouTube, Casey Case of Meltdown or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Good stuff. Yeah. Um, the other thing I wanted to mention uh, is uh, we mentioned it a couple episodes ago. Blue Milk Special actually gave us a shout-out because they heard that we – mentioned their promo for trying to save their comic strip. Yeah. Their, their web comic. So they actually gave us a shout out on their website saying, Hey, check out star Joe's. If you like GI Joe and star Wars and you like humor, uh, then these are the guys you want to check out. So, Oh, cool. Thank you very much. Yeah. I thought that was very now, awesome. Now put us in your comic strip. <laughs> right. Please. Um, it was obviously or even not a, some, even a banner, you know, even a banner in the back. Yeah, I'll be a skiff guard. I mean, they're doing Return of the Jedi right now, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, whatever. So I thought that was just very cool because obviously we did it because we did care about the comic strip. It wasn't like we were looking for them to say anything no. nice about us. Yeah. So, so exactly. that was very cool. Yeah. Um, speaking of Star Wars, Harrison Ford uh, injured himself. Yeah, I saw that he broke his ankle, right? Yep, and he's going to be out for two months. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's okay. They can just shoot around him. Well, that's what they said. They said the first couple days, it, they re- there was really nothing they could do. But now that they know he's going to be out for a while, they can film a lot of the other stuff. They said it should not impact uh, their scheduling at all. Everything should still go according to schedule. Uh, it's funny because I, th- I guess he injured himself on a door of the Millennium Falcon. Yeah. So. So, so I guess we know for sure that the Millennium Falcon is going to be in the movie. <laughs> Yeah, maybe it no. might be like a you know a piece of scrap laying there. That's just the door and he trips no, over. No, no. Let's hope not. <laughs> <laughs> so then we have uh, also Star Wars Black series. You sent this to me today that they announced uh, the next wave of figures. To yeah, this feel. came out. Uh, we're recording this uh, Monday, the sixteenth. Yeah. And the next wave is going to ha- that they announced. I mean, obviously, there's a wave or two before this one comes out, but uh, the next one to be announced was it's going to have Bosk, uh, Han Solo as a stormtrooper, and C3PO. Yeah, and then they'll do like a filler figure. Yeah, to round it out. Which to me, there is not a bad figure there. No, no, they're all really good figures. I'm definitely going to get the C3PO. That's the one on my list of the. You know, the ones right. I want out of that four, uh, depending on the looks of everything, I might grab a Bosk too. Yeah, Bosk to me is, I mean, he's my second favorite bounty hunter next to Boba Fett, and so yeah, I, I, I like him too. But if he's done really well and looks good, I'll buy it. I'm anticipating it will be, but yeah, I'm expecting this is how I expect him to look because, and this is kind of how they've looked so far. I kind of expect him to look a little bit like the Force Unleashed plastic statues, but with articulation. And yeah, for the that little, yeah, for the most part, yeah. and for the most part, that's what they look like. Um, Boss, you figure they already I, it should not have surprised me that they were doing him. It did when you, when I got the message from you, but it should not have surprised me because basically 
they can use the X-Wing uh, sculpt for the most part. They have to change a couple things, but for the most part, they can use the X-Wing sculpt of Luke in his X-Wing uniform to make Bosk's body. Because it's the same, it's a very similar style of flight suit that he's wearing. Right, right. So, I mean, they, and obscure characters, they've already done Greedo, so. Yeah. And then you have uh, Han Solo and Stormtrooper. Obviously, it's just them changing the Stormtrooper uh, head part to fit a Han Solo. Yeah, that's Solo. just a kit bash. Yeah. Basically, because we already have Han Solo's head. Right. And we already have a Stormtrooper's body. They're just going to market it and sell it again. Which, that was the thing that, it doesn't piss me off that they're doing this figure, but it pissed me off that you couldn't just take the Stormtrooper's head off and put Han Solo's head on there. Like, right. They, purposely molded them so that you couldn't do that <laughs> yeah and i was like that's so they could sell this figure <laughs> but probably yeah but we expect things like this because they can't make a brand new sculpt of every figure it can't be a, a brand new never before done yeah you gotta sculpt. buy some what quote unquote filler figures right. to get you know the brand new sculpt ones and which this one will be c3po yeah, pay for the expensive tooling because that's going to be all 100% new sculpt. Yeah, and who knows if they'll even be able to use it for anything else because, I mean, oh, they could. You know, Protocol Droid, K-3PO or whatever. Yeah. If they ever do that as a Comic-Con exclusive or whatnot. Yeah, they could. I just don't see it as being very highly likely, but they could because they'll already have the sculpt out there. So. Yeah. Well, I think it's the same thing with R2-D2. They already got the Astromech sculpt, so they can put any color robot together they wanted yeah. to with that. They could probably do an R5-D4 and, and just put like a different head on them and stuff like that and right, paint right. it differently. Now that they have these out, so now we know we're getting a Chewie to go with Han. We, we know we're getting C-3PO to go with R2. After this, what what figures do you want or do you think they, they will do? Oh, me? I want... Uh, a New Hope Luke and Leia. I want an old Ben Kenobi. I want a Vader. Well, we're getting a Vader. Are we? Oh, that's right. We are. That's right. Uh, the mask comes off. Yeah, we're getting yeah. a Darth Vader. So I forgot about that. Uh, yeah. Yoda. Yeah, definitely want a Yoda. Jawas. Yeah, I would like. I'd like a two pack of Jawas. I, I tell you what, honestly, I would go totally ape shit and lose my shit over if they did like an Adat uh, pilot and an um, a Tie Fighter pilot. Oh yeah. Like the TIE Fighter pilot and the Yadet pilot, those are two of my favorite uh, troopers. Yeah. I would love it also if they did, um, like, I would I would lose my mind if they did, like, even as a, if it's an exclusive, like a Hoth Luke or a Hoth Han that came with a Tauntaun. Um, because they are doing, like, Jabba the Hutt and stuff like that, so they are doing bigger characters. They could very easily do a Tauntaun. Um, yeah, you're getting this, you're getting so far Jabba the Hutt and the speeder bike, mm-hmm. you know. With a speeder bike scout trooper, so yeah, so I would love it if they did something like that. Um, we got to get some Ewoks in there. We have no yeah, Ewoks, what to speak right. of. Got to get the Ewoks. Um, which I'd, I'd like some to people... see some. Uh, I'm sorry, I'd like to see some of the clones. Yeah, you know, like well, Rex and Cody. That's the other. I don't know if we're gonna see Rex because they did say only the movies. I guess he technically was in the the animated movie. Yeah, um, but. The one I, I did think of today that they will definitely do is they're going to do a Commander Gree because Commander Gree in the movies was a speeder bike just in camouflage. Yeah. So that's all you have to do. I mean, you just have to do a speeder well, bike and we in gotta, camouflage. We got to get Lando and we yeah, got to oh, get yeah. a Black Bar. Yep. 
I want Land personally. I want Lando in his skiff guard uniform, but I'm pretty sure we'll get him in his blue uniform first, which I'm totally fine with. The best Ben uniform, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, City. They'll probably give us the general one and throw everybody off. Yeah, <laughs> I I want uh, a Hoth Leia. I don't know if we mentioned the Hoth Leia. I know you mentioned a New Hope Leia. Um, yeah, but I want Hoth Leia. That's that's big. I don't really sure. care if we ever get a Bespin Leia. That's I mean that yeah that's down. yeah I'm like eh. yes, yeah. Um, I well, do want to Jedi Luke. Yeah, Jedi Luke is coming out. Um, that's what I'm already... saying. I want a New Hope Luke because yeah. he goes through the movie in Star Wars basically in the same outfit. Yeah. And then you have um, we we already had uh, Bespin Luke come out, so really the only Luke left is a New Hope Luke. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean from the, the Stormtrooper one. Did. Yeah, well, yeah, that and Hoth, yeah. But basically from the A New Hope, he's in white, and mm-hmm. in Empire, he's a tan, right. and in Jedi, he goes to black, so you see the transition yep. from just his color palette and his wardrobe. Yeah. Um, we're probably going to get the rest of, I would assume we'll get the rest of the bounty hunters. So, uh, I don't know, they would just do IG-88, I think that would be it, but that's an, a unique sculpt altogether right there, yeah. too. Yep. Who knows? Uh, we'll definitely get a Django Fett. For sure. Because yeah, it's just Boba Fett. It's just Boba Fett repainted, yeah. <laughs> it's a for me. Um but I would yeah, I would love to see some of the some of these other characters out there and I'd love to see what they do to come out with them. But because um, I was shocked that we got a Greedo so early. I was like, holy so crap. Was I. <laughs> I was thrilled, but I was like I was surprised. <laughs> um so yeah, so it'll be interesting. Uh the other bit of news that came out I think it just came out today and uh, Nick, our friend Nick actually sent me a text about this. Uh, I think he copied you on it also. Transformers, angry birds. Yeah. I'm kind of angry birded out, dude. Oh, I'm not. (laughs) No, I am. I, the thing is, it's just a fun little game. I'm not like an angry bird fanatic where I have to have angry bird, everything, but I do like playing the game and it's, it's usually free. So that makes it a plus two. Well, they um, give you a free, you know, a couple of boards. You don't get the whole entire game. Yeah. Most of it though. You get a lot of it for free. And it, and it comes with, well, you get, you get some of it that's playable on for free, but you get the ads. But if you just pop the 99 cents or 199, you have the whole game and all the boards. Yeah. I just do the ads. I, I don't care about the ads. I just click off the ads. Well, I do too, but I'm just saying that's, you know, they, yeah. they hook you and think you'll like it with the freebies and then you pay yeah. for the whole thing. But I don't know. I'm, I'm Angry I, Birds out. I'm done with Angry Birds. Yeah, see, the thing I like with the Angry Birds when they did Angry Birds Star Wars is the power-ups and everything else were very different from anything you got previously in Angry Birds. Um, yeah. And it, I'm interested to see what they do with the Transformers because you have to figure there's going to be some type of transformation that happens. Um, Possibly, and it's the auto birds versus the Deceptahogs. <laughs> so yeah. you got that going for you. <laughs> I mean, this would easily translate because Hasbro, you know, if they're doing Transformers, they could easily do, you know, G.I. Joe or something like that. But yeah, it, the franchise obviously is probably not that big to do a game like that. Yeah. But like I said, I'll, I mean, if it's free, I'll download it. I'll play it. I'm, I, I'm certainly not going to sit here and say I'm not going to download it because I definitely will. Um, and so I'm all, I'm all for it. Hey, it looks like it'll be fun. So, yeah. Um, so that's all the news we do have. Uh, did, was there anything news wise that you wanted to bring up? No, okay. no, not really. Okay. Uh, let's get into some listener feedback. We'll get into the, uh, Jedi holocron. Jedi holocron. <laughs> 
All right. So uh, we had a couple emails, and then we also had some questions from uh, the forums and from Facebook. So let's right. go ahead go ahead and get into it. Uh, so we had an email from Adam, uh, who is the Ectimus Lith from last time. Uh, right. And he said, well, if you had your memory wiped of all characterization of the G.I. Joe figures and then a bag of them was dumped out in front of you. So basically every figure from 82 to 94 was dumped out on a table in front of you. You have no knowledge of Snake Eyes' epic past, no memory of Chris Lada's voice being linked to Cobra Commander, no lack of storyline for Lobotomax, a four-armed space alien. <laughs> yeah. So bad. So purely based on appearance, you have all the figures from 82 to 94. You know nothing about them. You're just looking at them. That's all you, you don't know any of their history. You don't know their names. Nothing. Which five figures would you pick? Oh, Lord God. Well, if they're telling me, hey, here's we got this military toy. You know, it's called G.I. Joe. Here's some figures. What do you think it would be? If they told me it's military, I'm probably going to go with the most military looking figures. Okay. Which to me were like uh, like Stalker, he's in camouflage. Mm-hmm. You know, Ripcord, he's in camouflage. Falcon, he looks military with the beret. Okay. You know, some of the earlier Joes like Rock and Roll, he's got the you know guns, you know, the machine gun ammo across. He's all in green. He looks okay. very military. And they all had the hats on that you could put their accessory, the the helmet on and stuff like that. Uh-huh. And probably you know like. Zap or short fuse, they're kind of you know military looking, yeah. but I mean basically if they told me we're starting a military you know toy for kids, here's a bunch of figures. What what five do you think would represent that? Well, here's something I want you to think about too, um, and I'll give my five because I I did look at the email in advance, so I wrote down my five. Uh, um, so I want you to think while I'm mentioning my five, I want you to think of this. What if you don't even know that? It's just you had a bunch of figures just dumped in front of you. You don't oh, know that they're what, supposed what to be military. five figures look the coolest? Yeah, like which five, if you were a kid or even now, and you just had all these figures dumped in you, you don't know that they're supposed to be military. You don't because obviously some of them don't look like they're military. Oh, um, yeah, of course, yeah. You're just going based on just pure looks alone because I think that's what he's going for is just saying. Oh, just well, then it would them. be if it was just pure looks, what figures look the best is uh, like Destro. Okay. Uh, sci-fi. Yeah. The Green. With the you know space he suit on, made my list. Yeah, he looks great. I'm trying to think of what figures look really, really good. Well, I'll give you my five. Um, so my I think storm five. Shadow, storm Shadow looks great. Yeah, he does. Ninja, cool. Well, well yeah, um, you don't really know, but yeah, go yeah. ahead. I'll, I'll come up. Well, with he's more. a. I mean, you know, he's a ninja. I mean, you know what a ninja looks like. You just don't know what yeah. his purpose is. Um, so I had Dusty because. When I got Dusty, that's all I based it on was I thought he looked cool. <laughs> so I like yeah, I like the beige camo yeah. and the uh, the the little you know cloth thing on the back of his hat and everything else. I was like, okay, that's yeah, the cool. soft goods, yeah, yeah. Um, a bat, battle android trooper, yeah. Um, the cobra eel again was a figure I liked. Simply, it is one of my favorite figures all all along. But it, I liked it because of the way it looked. I did like the way it looked, and that's what attracted me to it. Um, and again, I knew nothing of them. Um, I honestly do think, I mean, I don't mean to make this sound like a cop-out, but I honestly do think I would pick Snake Eyes, but the visor Snake Eyes. Um, oh, okay. Because I just, I did think that figure looked awesome, so. I, I would probably pick Snow Job. Okay, yeah. I can An see all-white figure coming with some skis, you know. Yeah. 
And then I did have I did have Destro on my list, so Destro. Yeah, Destro. He just looks cool. Yeah. And I think I would probably pick Zartan because he changes colors. Yeah, I did think about Zartan because of that, and he's got the black around his eyes. It kind of makes him look cool and everything else. I did think of Sci-Fi when you mentioned Sci-Fi. I did think of Crocmaster. Awesome. Yeah. I did think of Crocmaster because. If it was today, because I would think like he kind of looks like Bane, and I at least know DC Comics, so I'm like, okay, yeah, sort of, yeah. So that's those were some of the the characters I would pick. But my top five were Dusty, a Bat, and Eel, Snake Visor, Snake Eyes, and uh, Destro. Okay, cool. So, all right, uh, then we had let me get to Facebook here. We had I put out the call for some some questions some that they'd like us to answer on the show. And we got quite a few. Nice. Uh, which is always good. Uh, so we had, uh, Barry Jablonski and I don't mind saying their last names when they put on Facebook cause their names on Facebook anyways. <laughs> so Shout out to you, Barry. Shout out. So Barry Jablonski says, would you rather collect comics from the seventies, like superhero and horror books or the comics now? He said he prefers the seventies books. It's tough. I, Not I do like those old books though. Yeah. There's just something very romantic about them to me. Sure. Because it's what I read as a kid. Well, you didn't read seventies books. Necessarily. Well, I mean, I did because I bought a lot of oh. them at like garage sales and flea okay. markets and stuff. So, yeah. okay. I mean, I did read seventies comics. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, I wasn't buying them brand new. Obviously, like you said, I, you know, Right. Bought them secondhand, but I, I was reading a lot of them. Yeah, no, that, yeah, uh, valid point there. The only thing about it is the art; it just looks so much better today. So in some cases, yes. <laughs> Not well. I mean, cases. and you get the, the paper it's printed on, and it, yeah, you know, paper's better quality, different art styles. Why that's more like expensive? That. Yeah, sure. I would pick today's comics. That doesn't mean I don't like seventies comics. It was a tough question for me because yeah. I read a lot of older stuff along. Yeah, I get a lot of old stuff in trade, and I read it, and I really enjoy it. Um, part of the reason why is because 70s stuff, if you're reading, even if you're reading really good stuff from the 70s, some of it can be dated uh, as far as language references, or yeah. technology references, things like that, which is fine. I, I totally know what the references are. Um, but the other reason why I would pick today is because I honestly, and I think I've mentioned this before, I honestly feel that modern comics – we're in a golden age again of, of comics because there is something for everybody in modern age. Like he mentioned superheroes and horror books and there was some other stuff out there back then in the seventies, but there wasn't a lot more other than superheroes and horror books. <laughs> well, there were like Western books and stuff like that. Yeah, just not a lot, but not to the level of different genres that you can find today. I mean, you can find anything today i refuse to believe when someone tells me they can't find a comic book today that they enjoy because you're just not looking hard enough <laughs> that's um, true yeah. yeah if you're looking at just marvel and dc then yes i understand but there is so many good companies out there that are putting out high quality comics that are worth checking out so i would pick today just because of the variety um, I am reading such a wide va variety of titles right now. I'm reading Flash Gordon style titles. I'm reading Western style titles. I'm reading uh, 
fairy tale type titles with like uh, fables and stuff. I'm reading horror stuff with like The Walking Dead, but I'm still reading superhero stuff with Batman and all that type of stuff. I'm reading espionage titles. I mean, Punisher's kind of espionage, but I was reading like The Activity. I'm going to be reading uh, Splinter Cell. I'm going to be reading uh, Winter World, which has got a little bit of espionage to it. Uh, Black Widow's yeah. an espionage story. Yeah. Um, I'm really getting into the Flash Gordon style stories. There's a book called Starlight out right now that is like what happened. Like take the idea. I think you would like it, Chuck. Take the idea of Flash Gordon coming back to Earth and he gets married and grows old and then they come back for him to save their planet again. Hmm. So you got old Flash Gordon having to go back and he's just this hard nosed, take no bullshit type of guy. Yeah. Um, that's what Starlight is. And so it's kind of a cool story. And then I'm also reading Dynamite's Flash Gordon series also. So I'm reading two stories that are very similar, but a little bit different take on the same type of character. Um, so I like that. Um, the one title, I don't know if you had a chance to read it yet, but I, I definitely recommend reading it, is Southern Bastards. Oh, yeah, I read that. Uh, I loved it. I don't know if you liked it or not, but... It was okay. Yeah, it just it's just this old grouchy guy. I mean, it, I'm not usually someone that likes the human condition st- style comics. <laughs> human condition, that's what I'm gonna say. That's exactly what I was gonna say. But it's this old guy coming back to a town that he left a long time ago. He has to pick up stuff from his uncle's house and he wants to get out of town, but he gets caught up in this town that's basically run by this guy known as the coach. And it reminded me very much, and I know I mentioned this to you, and I don't know if you picked up on this vibe or, at all or not when you read it, but it reminded me a little bit of Roadhouse, where there's this one guy that owns the whole Controls town. the whole town, yeah. And this other guy comes into town, doesn't really want to cause any problems, but he ends up getting wrapped up in all, everything going on. Like I said, there's just such a wide variety of stuff I'm reading right now. That's why I would pick today versus the Yeah, I, I think I would go with today's comics, too, just because, like I said, there's so much... Or like you said, there's so much out there for everybody. You can get whatever you want. <clears throat> Probably a lot more different titles to choose from than back then. Yeah. But I do enjoy those old, simple, you know, comic books like the old Walt Disney comic books or the old, you know. Yeah. And here's the rich, rich comic books. Oh, they yeah. Were just great, fun little books to read. And I still love reading those type of things. Uh, even if they're just, that, like you said, they're just that silly, fun, richy, rich style stuff. That, that's fun. Yeah, the here's old the, Archie comics. Yeah. Here's the best part about the whole thing, Chuck, when it comes to Barry's question. I can pick today's comics, and I can still get 70s comics, because guess what? Trades of 70s comics are coming out today. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So I can read 70s stuff and modern-day stuff. I don't have to go back in a time machine and just read 70s. So yeah, you get it all. Really. You get it all. <laughs> all right, so the next question came from Craig Moore, our buddy Craig. Oh, our buddy from Australia, yeah. Yeah. And he says, what's the single best Star Wars toy ever made, in your opinion? He said, hint, it's the BMF. <laughs> oh, the big Millennium Falcon, yes. Yes. It probably is. Um, I can't say that because I don't own it. I do. Uh, I, I know you do. So um, I, that was not my choice only because I don't own it, so I don't know how awesome it is. Oh, and my God. I, this thing is huge, dude. Which is why I, I I just pretend it doesn't exist because I don't own it. It makes me sad. <laughs> it is awesome. <laughs> um, so my choice was the updated Adat Walker. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I like that. It's huge, too. Yeah, the speeder bike comes out at the back of it. Uh, it's huge. You can control it. It, it It's just awesome. Um, so. Yeah, both of those are winners. I actually still have both of those. Yeah, 
Yeah. So um, I would say that that to me, because that's the one I own, I would say that's the the best toy, it, which is different than the question we get a little bit later. Um, but I think that's the best toy just because that's the only one I can speak knowledgeably about. You like you said, you have the big ass Millennium Falcon. Yeah. Uh, what you can do is you can actually go online to YouTube and look at the uh, videos. Yeah. Yeah. There's some people who do like reviews of it and stuff like that. Like uh, the one guy, uh, Sith Lord two two nine. Yeah. Plug here uh, for him. He yeah. does a video review of uh, Star Wars, you know, yeah. stuff. And he's uh, he does a video review of the Millennium Falcon. He splits it up into like two or three videos. Nice. Well, not that I think you would ever do so. I really don't think you would. But if you ever get rid of that, please talk to me first. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I guarantee you I will I will take that off your hands. Um nice. for the right price for the <laughs> one million dollars right now. No, I gotcha. um, so uh then we have uh Jonathan Morgantini. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. That was Jonathan who we tried to have on an earlier episode but we had problems with Skype with him and everything. So uh we are going to have him on for the listener episode. So Oh, cool. Uh, so I'll be arranging that with him. Um, but he says uh, he's also the guy, I don't know if you remember, that writes the fan fiction for G.I. Joe. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that that's him. Uh, he says, you are given creative control of G.I. Joe 3, so the movie. Um, the studio says two main characters must be killed. Who, who do you choose and how? Here's the funny thing about his question. He's always killing off characters. <laughs> well, I mean, that, that kind of tells a story, though, if you think about it. You, you kill a character, and they go through hardship, yeah. and you see how they persevere you know, without the loss of that character. Yeah. Now, in G.I. Joe 2, we're believed that you know, Duke had died. Yeah. And they rally around the death of Duke, you know. Yeah. Eh, somewhat. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't really talk a whole lot about Duke after he died. <laughs> True. I mean, but I can see him like bringing Jejo three back and saying like, you know, General Colton had died or whatever, and they pull yeah, the troops fine. together around him. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah. Um, the, it just like I said, it just cracks me up because I think every time Jonathan has told me about some fan fiction that he's writing, it's always like almost all the characters are killed, and I'm like, oh, dude, that's morbid. <laughs> well, I and think now, it makes really good stories. Like the what was. What was a G.I. Joe cartoon that we, we both like where they killed Bazooka on the flag? Oh, uh, you're talking about Resolute? Yeah, Resolute. Yeah. That was really good because they're killing named characters. Like You kind of get involved. It's like a little own little world thing. It yeah. doesn't involve anything else. But, I mean, Zartan dies in that one. You know, yeah. Storm Shadow dies. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, Bastro, only... Bastro and the Baroness die. Major Blood's dead at the beginning of the damn cartoon. Yeah, the only thing I would say is you don't Oh, and this is a complaint when it comes to comics is you don't always have to kill a character to drive a story. Um, no, but if it's a one self-contained kind of story, yeah. not nudity driven, it's cool because anybody's fair game. Yeah. I like now, that. Whereas a continuity driven book, you're not going to kill Cobra Commander. You're just now, not. And I you're have, not Snake Eyes. You're just not. No, you're not going to. Now, I have the perfect two characters to kill off in G.I. Joe number three. And I don't think I'll get any complaints from you whatsoever. And I was keeping in mind the movie universe, not just like, oh, I'm going to introduce a new character to the movie universe and kill them. I was thinking about who is still out there in the movie universe. Okay, who you got? Ripcord. Yeah. yeah. And Breaker. Oh, yeah, from the, yeah. From the first movie. The, those characters shouldn't have existed in that form to begin with. 
Yeah. Let's yeah. just kill him off. Well, I think it's easy to kill Heavy Duty because basically you have, you know, I did think of him now. too. Yeah. Because you have Roadblock now, it's basically the same character. Yeah, I did think of Heavy Duty uh, for the same reason. Um, and I want them to bring yeah, back Flint. <laughs> no. No, no, no kill. He wasn't that he wasn't that great of a character in the movie, dude? No, he wasn't. But yeah, I freely admit that. But I feel like, if anything, because of where they took him in the in the second movie, I feel like they could build on him in the third movie. Yeah, um, but I mean, if you're even bringing in characters like that haven't even been in the movie yet, like you bring a character in movie three and he's killed. Yeah. But again, are you going to? I mean, not that you're going to care about Ripcord and Breaker, but are you going to care if Flint dies in the in the third movie? Probably not, because they didn't do such a good job of building him up anyway. So, right. Um, there's a chance that Ripcord people might care about because he was a main character in the first movie, but I don't think anyone that's a fan of GI Joe would give two craps if Ripcord was killed. Yeah, I so. think if they killed somebody big in the 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 the, the main movie, I think if you killed Zartan. Mm-hmm. You know, because yeah. they're kind of past the taking over the president kind of story. If you yeah. killed Satan, I think that would you know shake it up a bit because now you lost a heavy Cobra guy. Well, I think one of the biggest problems that the GI Joe movies had when I look back at it is they didn't do a very good job of creating a large ensemble of characters. No, they didn't. It was just a few hand selected characters. Yeah. Yeah, and really, when you watch the old cart and and. I know maybe there's an excuse saying, well, you really couldn't develop if you had a lot of characters. Then I think that's kind of bullshit because when you watch the cartoon, you could watch a half-hour show that had 20 characters in it and really understand all those characters. Well, if you go back to the first original movie, CoverGirl was in there and they killed her in the first movie. Yeah, exactly. So it can be done. And that was going to be my one comment. I would kill Ripcord and Breaker and I would bring back CoverGirl and Destro. Well, CoverGirl's already dead. <laughs> I'd bring her back. Nice. <laughs> I would make it so she was she in a coma. She didn't actually die, right? She was in a coma. We didn't actually see her dead. We just saw her get stabbed. So, well, she, and she fell. She was dead. She yeah. fell, but she didn't. She yeah. didn't have died. I would like to see uh, uh, Scarlet come back. Uh, Rachel Nichols. Yeah, I would be fine with that to reprise the role of Scarlet. Yeah, I'd be fine with that. But you know, whatever. It's GI Joe three. You'll probably get Sergeant Slaughter and whatever. Yeah, I don't think we're gonna get GI Joe three number one. So, <laughs> yeah, you know what? We might not. Yeah. Well, it, was, it was pushed back because of the gem movie, but now yeah. who knows? Let's put it this way. If I was in charge of G.I. Joe 3, it would be a reboot, and it would be G.I. Joe 1. Um, I would just dismiss everything that happened before, and I would just start fresh and new. Yeah. So um, so then we got a uh, question from Jonathan Robinson, and he says, What is the holy grail of your Star Wars and G.I. Joe collections? So not necessarily what? what you think is the best, but what to you is your holy grail, like that you own? Oh well, I would I would say like a holy grail piece is a piece that you don't really have yet. You're still chasing it down. Yeah, but I, I also well, view it like this is your me, prized. Well, I'll give you both. Okay. To me, in Star Wars, the holy grail piece I'm trying to track down is original movie posters. Okay. From you know the original trilogy of Star yeah. Wars, Empire, and Jedi. I'd like to get original movie posters of each one, but they're kind of pricey. Yeah, I got. A you few. can get you can get the replica posters. Mm-hmm. You, know, you can probably get you know all three of them for like under twenty bucks. Yeah. But to get the original, you know, seventy seven, sure. but eighty and eighty three movie posters, a little pricey. Oh yeah, yeah. So that's a real piece I'm trying to track down right now for me uh, of the Star Wars things I own. Uh, grail piece 
it's either going to be my sideshow Commander Cody or the big Millennium Falcon. Okay. Um, for me, it was kind of like I what I did is I looked at stuff I owned, um, and I looked at stuff that is related directly to the the three and three quarter inch action figures, which is what Star Wars was for me. And I looked at anything outside of that. So the yeah. the thing outside of the the that size figure to me was the sideshow Yoda that I have which just looks awesome. Um, sitting on a log, he sits on my desk. I mean, that's that was definitely a figure I was like, very excited to get. And then uh, as far as the, the ones that are three and three quarter inch related, the Target exclusive Rancor. It's the best Rancor they've ever made. Um, and I'm not talking about the one from the Force Unleashed. I'm talking about they came out with one that was like this giant yeah, ass Rancor. Set, yeah. It's by far the best Rancor they've ever made. So, okay, yeah. Um, when it comes to G.I. Joe, what do you what do you got? Well, a holy grail for me that I would like to get one day and I don't have is mm-hmm. probably a, a Mickey Mouse Cobra Commander. Okay. Now that's the Cobra Commander with the insignia of the Cobra on it, but it looks like Mickey Mouse's ears. It's all blended together. Okay, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you can Google it, Mickey Mouse Cobra Commander, and that's what it looks like. It's just an older, original, first paint run of Cobra Commander, usually okay. straight arm. okay. But it's called Mickey Mouse Cobra Commander, and those are kind of hard to find because the paint wore on them, and kids, you know, played with them, and their, you know, fingers on the paint, it just kind of wears off. Yeah. And uh, what about something that you own, uh, Joe Wise? Hmm. I'd say probably it? my. Do you yeah, own anything, Joe Wise, anymore? <laughs> uh, my original sketches from Shannon and Larry Hama. Oh yeah, those are awesome. Those are probably my grail pieces. Yeah, those those are nice. Yeah. I got two Larry Hama sketches, uh, one of Stalker and one of Quick Kick. Yeah. And Shannon uh, was kind enough to uh, do a Duke sketch for me. Yeah, and that was awesome. Yeah, those are um, probably my great pieces of G.I. Joe. Yeah, I've got um, uh, Larry Hama did a Flint sketch for me. And, uh, oh, Herb Trimp did Beachhead for me. Uh, oh, yeah, and I've got a Herb Trimp uh, yeah. Flash. Yeah. yeah, I got that. That's great. And then uh, Shannon did Alpine for me, which is one of my favorite characters. So that was awesome. And then I also have a inked original page uh, from Snake Eyes number four. That's the it's inked by Juan Castro, and it's underneath it's got the you know the blue line work of Robert Atkins, and that's got Snake Eyes and Helix uh, in it, and that's just an awesome piece that I have. Yeah. Um, well, we get that. Uh, we get those original pages. Shannon gave us too from the Jedi right. One Eight. Yeah, with uh, One Eight from the Star Joe's Star Joe's on it. Yeah. That's a great grail piece I have too. Yeah, that was simply because it's you know uh, a buddy of ours. Shannon gave it to us, and yeah. it means something because he put our show into the book, which is just awesome. Yeah, and it worked out really well because the, the page you wanted was not the page I wanted, so it just worked out great. Uh-huh. Yeah, I had Duke on it and the tomahawk, and it was yeah. awesome. Yeah. yeah, and we only had to beg for like two, three years to get that to happen. So right, it was awesome. exactly. Um, I'm still looking to get the page from Robert where he put me in a castle so I could actually prove that I was in the book castle. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, as far as stuff that I own, though, uh, out again, I went with outside the three and three quarter inch figures and then within the three and three quarter inch figures. So the one that's um, within the three and three quarter inch figures is the whale. I had always wanted one. I finally got one. Nice. It's definitely a, a piece that I am very happy to own. Um, and then Sideshow Flint. Uh, that was sent to me by Chris Campbell, so it has some sentimental reason, reasons for it because a listener of the show and, and someone that's become a friend 
actually sent it to me just because he thought that I, since I'm such a big fan, that I should have it. Um, so that was really awesome. And the really interesting thing with that, I, I, he didn't tell me I couldn't say anything about this, but um, Bill Ratner contacted me recently, and he's doing a one-man show out in California uh, called Becoming G.I. Joe. And mm-hmm. he wanted to get some 12-inch size figures that were based on the 80s line. So he wanted something like Sideshow or, you know, there were some cheaper Toys R Us versions out there and stuff like that. He asked me if I either had some that he could borrow or if I knew someone that could get some to him. And I said, well, I have three Sideshow figures. They're very expensive. I would be happy to lend them to you if you promise to mail them back to me and take very good care of them. Of them, and he said absolutely. So that my sideshow Flint right now is with the actual Flint. <laughs> yeah, I should have said you should preference that by saying Bill Ratner was the voice of the Flint yes. in the cartoons. Yes, he was the voice of Flint in the cartoons. So he is he has my Flint right now. He will have it till the middle of July, and then he will send it back to me. Uh, and if he doesn't, I will fly out to California. I have his address. So I will find and hunt him down until he gets it back to me. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> but no, it's it's cool. I have Bill Ratner's phone number and address now. There you uh, go. So, um, yeah, I was like, okay, this is awesome. <laughs> well, I mean, if we're name dropping, I just became friends on Facebook with Kevin Michael Richardson, you know. Okay. <laughs> the voice of uh, Roadblock on the Renegades cartoon. so right. And Shredder cartoon on TMNT. Right, but can you actually call him on his personal phone? No. Okay. Well, I got that going for me. So well, there you go. <laughs> um, but no. So I, I actually was very honored. Um, I'm. I didn't even mention it to him, but I kind of hope maybe he'll sign the box because I did put it back in the box. Uh, maybe I'll shoot him an email and say, hey, before you send it back to me, would you be willing to sign it? <laughs> sign the box of it. So nice. Um, but yeah. So that's definitely sign a, price uh, a headshot of glossy for my friend Chuck. Right. Exactly. So. <laughs> Um, so the last, uh, question or email that we got was through Facebook, but it was more of like an email, uh, was from, uh, Kevin Longman. And he said, what if any start, what if any star Joe's related apps do you guys play? He says, I'm all over star Wars force collection and I'm occasionally playing GI Joe and transformers. And if you are playing, what are your usernames? If you want to give them out. I'm looking at my iPad right now. The ones that I have on here right now, I have Star Wars Angry Birds, and I have Star Wars Angry Birds 2. Um, I have Star Wars Assault Team. I have Tiny Death Star. Yeah, I I had Tiny Death Star too, but I quit playing it. Yeah, I still play it every once in a while. I quit playing all of them, basically. I have Star Wars Angry Birds like you do. Yeah. And I have the uh, Legends, Transformer card game Legends. I had that. I can still I don't, re, I can still yeah. download it, but I did get, did get rid of it. I got a little tired of it. Same thing with the GI Joe Battleground one that Robert yeah, got, was working on. I got rid of that one too. I still have it on my iPad, but I rarely play it. I am known as I do have myself as Star Joe's Ryan on there. Um, I don't mind saying what my log, you know, my profile name is on that one. Um, I actually did have a listener that contacted me through that because you can send a little short message to people. So, um, but I haven't played that one in a long time. Um, I do have Star Wars Arcade Falcon Gunner, which is a really fun one. That's where it kind of uses the camera on your iPhone or iPad to look at your own room, but then you have like TIE fighters coming in at you. 
in your own in your own house and you go 360 degrees around and shoot at them and stuff like that. So that's a fun one. Um, I do have the He-Man game. Yeah, I had that too and kind of beat it. <laughs> yeah, I haven't beaten it yet, but I haven't played it in a while, but I do have it. Um, I'm not going to get rid of it until I beat it. Um, I do have Knights of the Old Republic on my iPad. It's just like the old game for Xbox, so I absolutely love it. Um, I did have another one that I did have, but I took it off, was Star Wars Pit Droids. And that was kind of like one of those Lemmings games where you have to kind of guide the pit droids to a certain portal. Oh, yeah. Um, it's like a puzzle-type game, so well, I, I like the, it. The Star Wars card game, it was kind of like uh, Transformers Legends, where they yeah. play with the cards and stuff. I didn't really care that much for it, so I kind of just quit playing it. Yeah, there's two different versions of that. I have the Assault Team one, which is kind of like that, which I like better than there's a Collections one that I think is the one he's mentioning. Uh, it's called like Star Wars Collections. And that one I, I got a little tired of, but the Assault Team one I liked. Uh, it did get a little tough, though, so I stopped playing it because it started getting a little too hard. Uh, I was getting killed a lot. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so yeah, I do, I will download one. So if you guys know of any apps out there that are free, I, I typically will go free with stuff, maybe 99 cents, maybe a dollar 99, but I won't go any higher than that. Uh, let me know if there's any ones out there. If there's a turtles one that's out there, that's really good. Let me know that. Um, I'm all for checking stuff out. So. Yeah, there is a Turtles game that's out there, but it's it, I think it's a cost to pay it. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I mean, I'll play I'll pay a little bit, but I'm not going to pay a lot for an app that I'll eventually get tired of and not want to play anymore, so. Right, yeah. But, and that's where I'm at really with them. I don't play that much anymore with them. Yeah. Um and then we had one last question from the forums. Uh and this is from Wolfman Z. Our buddy Nick. Yes. So he says, so Chuck has been on this Star Trek kick of late, and he doesn't mind giving it a try, Then, uh, and he doesn't mind giving it a try, then what is so wrong with giving the X-Men a try? <laughs> he says, the comics, not the movies. He said, the Whedon run, Joss Whedon run of X-Men, uh, which is actually Astonishing X-Men, uh, just so you know, Chuck, for, your, for future reference, uh, is really good, in, in my opinion. Uh, he said it was his starting point for reading X-Men in the first place. He says, plus, can you get Robert to confirm or deny if he has any work on the new wave of six-inch black series figures? The recently rumored wave was Bosk, C-3PO, and, and uh, Han in his Stormtrooper disguise. Um, to first address that I don't know if Robert worked on those. I assume he did because he did tell me that he had other ones that he had worked on, but he wasn't able to reveal who they were yet. I don't know if those are the ones or not, so next time we have him on, he can confirm or deny if he worked on those. Yeah, he hasn't told us anything, to be honest with you. So so, so uh, I'll let you go ahead and address his X-Men question. Uh, yeah, I'm actually giving X-Men comics a try. I'm, you lent me a couple of trades. Yep. So I have the uh, the Phoenix and Phoenix uh, Saga, yeah. Days of Future Past. Yep. So I, I have those ready to read. And basically how it came about was I have the omnibus editions, which have the issues that are in those trades. So I didn't need the trades anymore. So I asked, and Chuck had mentioned he was interested in possibly reading Days of Future Past, the original comic, uh, since he was interested in the movie. And I said, well, I have these trades. If you want them, you can have them, but I expect that you will read them at some point and let me know what you think. So I think Dark Phoenix Saga is one of the best X-Men stories out there. 
Um, and Days of Future Past is definitely up there as well. So I will be very interested. And keeping in mind, they are old stories, so they do take place, I think, in the early 80s or something like that. So Yeah, I, I have flipped through them before, and I've looked at them when you gave yeah. them to me, and they did look older, yeah. like they were from the early 80s. Yeah. The art style is still good. You'll, yeah, I think they look good. They're just, yeah, you know... You can just look at them and tell they're older comics. Yeah, they definitely are. They're from the er- when from the early days of the X Men coming back. Because if you remember, they or if you know this, the X Men were around as a comic. Then sales kind of tanked, so Marvel dropped it for a while, and then there was an interest in it coming back, and that's when they did Giant Size X Men. So those stories take place not too long after Giant Size X Men number one came out. So probably like a few years after that. Okay, that happened. So, um, so I I think you'll like them. I think you know enough about the who the characters are that you won't be lost as to who everyone is. So, but yeah, let me know. Let us know. Maybe once you read have read them, you can come on the show and let us know at that point. Yeah, they're on the pile to read. So, yep, so they're there. All right. Well, speaking of comics, you ready to get into some comics? Uh, yeah, but before we get into it, let's just preference everything that we have a shit ton of comics to go through. <laughs> so because of that, we're just going to cover G.I. Joe, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and He-Man in this episode, and we'll catch back up with uh, Star Wars and the rest in a later episode. Yes. So okay. uh, So we're going to touch on everything G.I. Joe, everything He-Man, and everything uh, Turtles. And then, like you said, it'll be trans- – then next time we get together for comics – We'll cover Transformers, uh, Voltron, and Star Wars, and then also anything G.I. Joe, Turtles, and He-Man that has come out since we covered these issues. Yeah, we could do that. Yep. So um, so let's get into From Springfield to Tatooine. From Springfield to Tatooine. All right, Chuck, so I have a huge stack of comics here in front of me. That's what she said. <laughs> and we're just going to kind of talk about them. I will briefly talk, mention what happened in the issues, but just very briefly, and we can kind of just talk about what stood out for us, what we liked, what we didn't like, whatever. And we can talk about buys and borrows and snarfs and things like that in general as well. Um, so the first thing I have at the top of, my, top of the stack here, like I said, there's a lot of them. Um, is G.I. Joe. So this All right, well, let's, let's do Joe then. Yes, yeah, the G.I. Joe, IDW G.I. Joe. So not the real American hero, but the regular G.I. Joe that was started by Fred Van Lente, and then it went into Paul Allure. <laughs> it went into the tank. <laughs> well, I will say this title I still enjoyed. Yeah, I did too. Um, it was it was another title that we're going to talk about that I that went in the tank for me, <laughs> or I don't know if it ever came out of the tank. Let's put that way. <laughs> I don't know. All right, IDW. So, I don't know if they know what to do with the GI Joe. Yeah, I don't either. I will say though, um, it was strong. It was pretty strong. Yeah, and this. Uh, so the issues we're covering here are ish, of GI Joe. It's issues twelve, thirteen, fourteen, and fifteen. Um. The issues basically deal with a character named Siren, who is like this smooth-talking woman. She knows every angle. She's kind of like your ultimate lawyer, in a way, uh, where she just knows history, and she knows stories, and she learns from them. It's one of those things, like, if you don't learn from history, you're doomed to repeat it. Well, she knows her history. Um, Right. And it's the whole history of Cobra Commander. So there's been all these Cobra Commanders in the past. 
the thing I liked is that they got different artists for the different stories. Uh, so when you got these flashbacks to previous Cobra Commanders, you got different artists drawing them. So uh, like you had Shannon Gallant on, on the issue number 12 where he did A Coward's Heart, which was I believe was the one dealing with a pirate Cobra Commander. Yeah. So that was pretty cool. Um, and we even had Robert on issue number 13. He did the art for Shadows and Light, which dealt with like a, uh, I don't know, like a Egyptian type one or something like that. Uh, Japan. Feudal yeah, it's, Japan. It's, yeah, it's good to see our guys get some work. Yeah, exactly. Um, but basically, she starts working, this Siren character, she starts working for Cobra and she starts telling Baroness all these stories about the past Cobra commanders. Um, and then she doesn't really want to work for Cobra anymore, but they've kidnapped her son and they are holding him hostage at like a Cobra training facility. In fact, they're brainwashing him into being a, it's kind of like the Hitler youths. Yeah. So, um, and we have hashtag makes an appearance again in issue number 14. And she finds this transmission that came from siren saying that she needs, uh, their help. And it, the, here this message has been encrypted and it took hashtag a long time to be able to find, even find it, let alone, uh, get it out of its encryption. So they send a whole team to this Cobra base where they find all these Hitler youths being trained and we get big boa in this issue. Well, sort of, sort of, <laughs> it's a girl. It's a girl. It's a big yeah. beefy girl. <laughs> Yeah, whatever. Hey, you know, <laughs> if you're going to take one Cobra person who's a, a male and turn it into a female, that would not be the person I would think. No. <laughs> but here's but, the thing with Big Boa. Whatever. Because Big Boa wears a mask and is basically a trainer, it's almost like you could have a female because it's basically someone that could just pick up the mantle and yeah, it doesn't always have to be the same person. It's just someone that takes on but, a persona. But Big Boa, if you remember, you know, the figure mm -hmm. was like a bare-chested person. Oh, yeah. So I was expecting, you know, boobs. Okay. <laughs> but that's just me. <laughs> Did he have a bare chest? Yeah, he just had that, like, a uh, little gray harness thing, like, kind of like what He-Man wore. Oh, I thought he had the, uh, I thought no. he had the red vest like she's wearing. No, 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 okay. no. Okay. Go back and Google that shit. I will. I will. I believe you. I'm just saying. I for some reason. What we need in these GI Joe books, what IDW is failing to realize, is we need more titties. <laughs> I, I point to DC Comics. <laughs> titties sell books. Wow. I'm just saying. Look at Power well, Girl. So look at Wonder I was, Woman. I was wondering why you were mentioning DC Comics. I was very well, confused. Look, there. At, look at Power Girl. Look uh -huh. at Wonder Woman. Look mm -hmm. at Huntress. You okay. know, scattered ass sells books. <laughs> So, anyways, the the last just, I know what you're saying. Uh, the last issue in our <laughs> The last issue was issue 15, um, and this dealt with hashtag was uh, had found the son of Siren and was trying to rescue him, and he was acting like, "Oh yes, please take me out of here." But then when they run into this other little girl who really does want to be rescued. Uh, basically this little brat shows his true colors and he stabs hashtag yeah, he turns on him. Yeah. Yeah. And even turns on his mom. And 
they all get out of there just barely. Um, and Siren says, I have to stay behind because my son's still here. And I love the whole thing of where her son says to her at the Cobra base, like, I know you told them that, you know, you tried to stop the Joes that you were firing at the boat, but he says, but I know the truth. And he's like, I love you, mom, but we're, uh, we're here where we belong. Uh, you need to accept that because if you betray Cobra again, he says, I'll kill you myself. He's like, now give me a hug. People are watching. Yeah. (laughs) People are watching. Yeah. She just has this terrified look on her face. Um, and then hashtags told to not go crazy dwelling on what just happened. It is a win, uh, but hashtag can't help it. And honestly, I know people hate the character, but I hashtag actually grew on me. I actually started liking her a lot more as a character. So, yeah, she's, she's all right. I mean, I don't, you know, kind of indifferent to her right now. It hasn't, it's not to the level of Helix where I no. like Helix more. But, oh yeah, yeah, no, not to the level of Helix, but I definitely grew to start liking Hashtag and, and appreciating the character a lot more than I did before, initially. So, yeah. um, put, it this, put it this way, if they kill her off, I'm not going to lose any sleep. No, no, not at all. Not at all. Um, and then at the end of this issue is when we get the little teaser that in September, uh, we get the fall of G.I. Joe, and there's this woman who, it's a shadow figure of a woman that looks like it might be Scarlet, uh, and uh, it says, you will always need us, which is where the title of this episode came from. So, right. very curious what they're going to be doing in September. We should be able to find out in the next few days what they are planning to do uh, with G.I. Joe, like what titles they're bringing back and what they're going to be doing. So, yep. then we move on to... G.I. Joe Special Missions. And this was... Uh, and, and just to let you know, the G.I. Joe uh, main series, I gave most of it a borrow. There were some of the stories I would definitely give a buy to when it came to some of the history of Cobra Commander. I thought that was cool. I did think it ended on a good note. At least there was some closure there, which we are not going to be getting with Special Missions. <laughs> well, I mean, not really, because you, you, you kind of want... You kind of invested in that character... You know the not chameleon, but uh, what's Siren. her face? Siren. Yeah. Thank, thank you. You you kind of invested in her to see. You know, she wants to help her son, but her son doesn't want to leave, so she's yeah. still there. If she can, you know, so you're kind of left like, well, what the hell? Does she even get him out now, or is it just yeah. that's it and that's you know no more? But at least for closure wise, I think the reason why I also feel like there's there is maybe some closure is because we do get that one page right after the story that says basically in September stuff's coming back. So I'm hoping that they're not just going to leave that plot thread out there i bet they do i'm afraid they might but i'm hoping they don't um but then we get to special missions uh number 11 12 13 and 14 um mostly a big bag yeah this this title was kind of (laughs) crappy yeah this 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 title was really crappy i mean it got a little bit better at the end the very last issue i thought was really good except there was some dangling plot lines that were left alone that i didn't like but yeah, um, basically, if you don't, you know, if you, unless you're hardcore GI Joe, you really don't need to pick this title up. No. Um, so special missions number 11, 12 and 13 dealt with the uh, death of Destro or the hunt. I think it's like to kill Destro or something like that uh, yeah. is what it was called. Uh, let me see what it is here. Uh, Destro must die is what it was called. Yeah. And the so it's still wonky. The art was still wonky, yeah, because it's it's Paul Gulacy, who I'm not a fan of, uh, at least in the Joe books. I don't know how he is outside of the Joe books, but I don't know. He can't really draw people or faces that well. Yeah, for me, 
Yeah, they have, uh, so the Joes are hunting down Copperback because they believe that she knows where Destro is. They want to track him down. Um, I did like, uh, and then we have this guy named Urso, uh, who Destro's trying to turn him, he was like going to die, and Destro starts turning him into like a cyborg type character. And, yeah. uh, then we get into issue 12 where, uh, you know, we see Urso, he's, He's taking out a lot of troops, and it seems like Destro can't control him, uh, and he's supposed to be displaying that he can. Helix joins up with the, the Joe team, and they go into this little town where Urso ends up meeting up with them, and this is supposed to be the the demonstration, finally, that Urso is, is what people would want in these other countries would want to invest in. Um, but Destro loses control of him. Mainframe actually re, you know disconnects the control uh, factor so this way they could go trace it back to Destro's castle and drop Urso onto Destro's castle so this way he can help destroy Destro. Um, then we get into issue 13 which is Beachhead has Copperback and Copperback knocks Beachhead off the plane that they're on. They land on top of Destro's you know castle that's covered by a big glass thing and they fall through that. Um, and in the end of this they all the Joes get away except for Beachhead. <laughs> yeah, he's he is up staying there. And that was a good little tit for tat between Copperback and Beachhead there. Yeah, I did like that. Um, but basically, the Joes are like uh, extradited because they're not supposed to be there, and the uh, Russia can't really like hold them as prisoners. But because what they know, what the Joes know, but they can get them out of the country. But then you realize that they they do mention that Beachhead has been held capture and they said we'll find beachhead no matter where in the world they took him unless he managed to escape and escape first so you think that issue 14 is going to be about rescuing beachhead because it's going to be the last issue no 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 (laughs) it is a completely separate mission it has nothing to do with anything that came before it it seems like they knew it was ending at that, and they're like, "Well, we can't just just fill it in, whatever. Who cares?" We at Mail least got, in. yeah, we at least got some better art with Will, Will Rosado. I thought the art on this was a lot better. Um, there is the incentive cover that Shannon Gallant did, where the Joes are doing like a YMCA yeah, pose, but it's classic. They're, they're doing GI Joe instead. Yeah, that was um, classic. Yeah, so I need to get that issue, or at least for that cover. Um, yeah, I will say. For the most part with this story, I did like this, and this is what I thought Special Mission should have been like all along, because they're going in to extradite this one guy. They're trying to just basically do a uh, grab and grab and go. or Snatch and grab. Snatch and grab, yeah. Yeah. And you have low light and mainframe, and low light's a badass in this issue. Oh, yeah. He's just awesome. And you find out that low light has an identical memory which means he can basically remember everything uh, just from looking at it once. And uh, yeah, I thought it was a really, really cool issue. It was a lot of fun. It made me forget how much I didn't was not enjoying special missions. <laughs> yeah, that's why I said it got a little better at the end there. But yeah. if it could have just kind of carried on that way, and maybe that's why they changed it. They're going to take a different direction and go with these you know, one and done little missions where right. they're taking on like a, you know, bad guys outside of Cobra where it's like uh, bad governments, you know? Yeah. But then you just get, you know, you get mainframes in a bad way. Uh, they, they have to move them and they're getting chased down by these guys in 
pickup trucks. Yeah. And that's the end of the issue. Yeah. They're still getting chased down. You still got mainframe that's bleeding out. Yeah, he looks like he might die. Right. And and nothing. And like you yeah. got roadblock on a boat that's sinking. <laughs> and it's like oh and then it just says the end of G.I. Joe special missions. I'm like, you motherfuckers. <laughs> done. You're just done. Beach yeah, I don't is still captured. I don't think that uh that title's coming back. No, but I hope that they figure out how to bring Beachhead back. <laughs> hey, I don't know. You know what they'd be best doing right now, and I hate to say it, but they'd just be best starting just doing a re- relaunch, a reboot, I should say. Just start at square one again. All number ones, redo, everybody's alive. Everyone's alive. Yeah. And just start all over, maybe go in a little bit different direction, but just and just keep one title, maybe two titles. You don't need to go into three titles. Maybe yeah. keep like a Cobra title and a Joe title, and I, I think you're okay with just basically the Real American Hero and a, a, another title, whatever you call I agree. it. Call I, it. I, yeah, I agree. So keep I, a Real American Hero, keep that continuity going until Larry just decides he doesn't want to do it anymore, right? And then keep one other book, whether it's you know Cobra Joe or whatever. You can even do it a GI Joe, and you can even throw in a Cobra series, you know, inside of that book. Yeah. So speaking of the book that Larry's working on uh, with our good buddy Shannon, uh, so we have G.I. Joe, Real American Hero, issues 198, 199, 200, 201, 202, and 203. There are six issues because this one kept going, yeah. like the other ones that ended, and we haven't gotten together at all this year to cover any of them. So <laughs> so you didn't think you'd be saying that a Real American Hero is the strongest G.I. Joe book this year? No, but it is. But it is. It is. Because it's also gotten better. It's not just that the other books got crappy. <laughs> no, it got better, yeah. I think this title got better. Um, yeah, I mean, 200 and on, it got way better. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And even the few issues before it, though, I mean, the ones we're going to cover here, I got a little tired of the Battle Android Trooper guys that could think like a well, I know you were tired of the blue ninjas and things like blue that ninjas, so. but even like even the fact that these things could think like a human being was starting to drive me a little crazy um I still enjoyed the story don't get me wrong uh but we have grunt being rescued they go back to the terradrome to take out the rest you know the rest of them um we have the uh cobras taken over the pit and yeah. uh, they lose all control of the pit because mainframe and uh, I think it's Scarlet, Scarlet Snake Dance, Eyes, guys. and stuff like that, and I think Falcons with them too, yeah. um, and Psych Out, and uh, and Timber version three, <laughs> yeah, whatever, <laughs> with the scar on his face. Um, they're inside and they're using that. If you remember that tank that fell in the and broke through a wall. It fell in the elevator and broke through a wall to uncover this new area of the pit that they never knew about. Yeah, the old secret apartment yeah. where, like, uh, the 12-inch Joes, you know. Yep. And, Col- and Cobra doesn't even know about this area because it's not any of the schematics that they have available because they never the Joes never even knew about it. Right. So the Joes are using that as a staging ground to take out Cobra, who has invaded the pit. And the best part about all this is we get commando snake eyes <laughs> oh yeah which i know shannon had been wanting to draw for a long time uh and our good buddy john thurman has been wanting to see for a long time yeah and you, you get him and, and also uh spirits in the book too yes absolutely and uh, i thought spirit was done really well i, I did like, too 
I liked how they used Cobra's uh, night vision against them, and they had like tracers that they would use to to know where people where movement was, and that started working against them when they started using flares to blind them, and they just the Cobra grunts just started shooting, and they here they were shooting each other, shooting each other, yeah. Um, I did like the jungle traps that were used on the the new and improved battle android troopers because it's kind of like old school fighting against them in the jungle. Uh, it reminded me very much of like a predator type thing where Arnold was using the jungle traps to take out the predator. Yeah, like guerrilla warfare. Yep. Uh, we get into issue 200 where uh, the Joes are returning back to the pit. Cobra's leaving the pit. The Joes go after them. Cobra thinks a Cobra commander thinks he's got the upper hand. He puts on the armor and he's got this detonator and he thinks that all the Joe's vehicles have explosives on them. But here snake eyes, while he was in the pit, took all the bombs off the Joe vehicles and put them on the Cobra vehicle. Yeah. So he's blowing up his own guys. Yeah. And then here the Cobra commander inside the battle armor wasn't actually Cobra commander. It was another battle battle Android trooper, another trooper. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Cobra Commander uh, tries, you know, they basically flee to regroup, and that's when we find out uh, the all the secrets of the pit are then revealed. All these, I mean, it's kind of a little weird that they would have kept all this stuff secret from the Joes, but I still think it's cool as hell. Yeah. Um, Even so though yeah. they're the top of the military, the top echelon, it's the still need-to-know basis, and you didn't need to know. Yeah, but I'm like, what purpose did it serve for them not to know? That's the only thing that throws me off a little bit. I'm just like, but I don't care. Honestly, I don't really care because I'm like, okay, cool. We're going to get a whole new base. I love bases. I love exploring the bases, which is basically what we get in the next couple issues. Yeah, because um, they even go back to the original, you know, pit underneath the chaplain headquarters and stuff yeah. like that. Um, great spotlight on Shannon. Gallant in issue 200. There's a whole interview. Oh yeah, definitely there. pick up issue 200. It's it's 200 of GI Joe, and you get the special on Shannon in the back. Yep. and it's and, a good story. So definitely pick that one up. And speaking of Shannon in the back, you get to see Shannon's back because he didn't face the camera for the photo that they did. Um, so <laughs> oh, you you silly Shannon, you. <laughs> um, speaking of issue 200, I did get every variant cover of issue 200. Um, so I, I think I have, yeah, I'm pretty sure I have the blank cover, um, and I have like the, um, yesteryear comics exclusive that has the hot baroness on the cover. Oh yeah. And the pencil version of that also. So issue 200, I got everything, including Robert Atkins one where it's the, the crossover with the transformers issue 100. So I was like, it's not often that GI Joe is going to reach issue 200. So I'm going to go crazy. Yeah, for real. Um, so then we get issue 201, which here's something very funny. I have to point out on the cover. Very cool scene, very reminiscent of G.I. Joe number one, except just different characters and a different vehicle and everything else. Why the hell is Spirit shooting a bow and arrow? <laughs> I, I don't know. Could, could you get more, like... Native American? <laughs> cliched and... <laughs> It just cracked me up when I saw that. I was like, okay, Scarlet's known for having her spears and stuff like that. But I was like, is Spirit really known for having a bow and arrow in battle? Well, I mean, yeah, Scarlet had the crossbow. Lady J had the, the javelins and oh, spears and stuff. Yeah, yeah, I was meaning Lady J with the, the javelin and stuff, yeah. Yeah, I, I got where you were going with it. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I was just like, I don't remember Spirit ever really using a bow and arrow before, but he is on the cover, so. Yeah, hey, whatever. Yeah, whatever. I'll ask Shannon about that. 
That'll be like the whole tire thing all over again. Oh, Lord. Why did you make Spirit shoot a bow and arrow? Is that because you are you want to point out that he's Native American because it's not obvious yet? Maybe he wants to, <laughs> you know, pitch his talents to DC or to Marvel to draw either Hawkeye or Green Arrow. Green Arrow or something, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the really cool thing with issues 201 and 202 is to me was – really getting to discover this whole new base. Um, I did like Pale Peony and I think it was Jinx. Yeah, Jinx, were, yeah. They were driving into the base and they they did the whole like, hey, Outback, hey, you know, this person, that you know, lift ticket, all that type of stuff. I thought that was cool. Um, as they're driving by, you know, Frostbite's there and Dusty and stuff like that. Now, in prior issues of G.I. Joe, you hated that when they labeled everybody and named them, hey, Gung-Ho, how's it going? Hi, yeah. Dusty. I, for hey, some reason, this time it worked because you're exploring the base along with exploring the people. I don't know. I don't know. I always like it when he does that, introduces the characters. Because if that's your favorite character, if you like an obscure character, yeah, you want to see them in the comic. And then they're like, oh, he referenced them by name. That's cool. And that might be the only time you see him and stuff like that. It, yeah, it might be, yeah. Maybe I'm just warming up to this title a lot more than I used to. I think uh, you are. So, and that could be it. It could be. I'm, I'm a lot less rough around the edges than I, than I used to be. You old softy, you. Yeah, and I really, I talking about being a softy. I thought it was very cool and very emotional with the whole thing with uh, what was it Psych Out and yeah. uh, or no Sneak Peek having to oh, deal yeah, with him. yeah yeah his the, mother passed yeah. away and he couldn't say that it was his mom because supposedly he's supposed to be dead and the, luckily the guy that's in charge of the the, uh, the yeah. home care yeah. uh, facility he was ex military military so he, he understood yeah he understood yeah. So, uh, and then everyone's bringing, uh, roadblock, uh, egg, fried egg sandwiches. Yeah, because it's, it's kind of lit up, yeah. And he's got, like, a whole bed full of them over there. Yeah. Um, so that was cool. And like I said, issue 202, I like, liked as well. Although, I will say, here's a big thing with issue, issue, issue 202, is with, um, Zorana and Roadpick, they would be dead. Oh, yeah. They get run over by, they get knocked over by a car. Uh, road pig gets run over by the car. They get back over him, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, they're dead. They would die. <laughs> yeah. Um, Unless you're fun. a badass drug not, you know, but yeah. yeah. Normal people, me and you, we would die. Right. I do like um, uh, Destro recognizing that the one bird, the one falcon was flying around and not a normal pattern, and here it was actually a robotic bird. Drone, yeah. Yeah, watching them. I love the whole twist of Zartan and Destro working out a plan to get Zartan's sister back, knowing that Cobra Commander would probably turn on them and not and want to kill them both. Yeah. Um, so Cobra Commander thought that Destro was already dead and that he would just kill Zartan. And here they turn the tables and here Destro was disguised as Zartan and Zartan was actually disguised as one of the Freds. Right. It looks like Cobra Commander is basically going to get the crap beat out of him by Road Pig because Road Pig has a soft spot for Zorana. So I thought that was pretty cool. Again, a big difference between the comics and the cartoon is that one mission where they go in and to uh, rescue who we find out is uh, Burkhart. There's the one scene where I don't know who it is, but they, he threw the knife right through the guy's throat. Yeah. That was awesome. Now, Lady Burkhart, that goes all the way back to G.I. Joe issue one. One, yeah. Yeah. And she's appeared several times since then. Oh, yeah, sure, but, I mean, that's, you know. 
Uh, the only thing I didn't like uh, that they did, and Mike Myers will support me on this, uh, is they shot the shot and killed the dog. Uh, oh yeah, whatever. I don't I don't like that. So you can kill all the humans you want. Don't kill the dogs. Um, <laughs> well, to people like 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 you guys there with you know you Mike and uh, and you to to yeah. do that, it actually brings up some emotions with you, right? So that's probably why they do it. No, it's wrong. It's just to wrong pull up to emotions of other people like who are immune to killing and slaughtering humans. If you kill a dog who's defenseless, you're like, oh man, you bastards. Right. That's wrong. So yeah, it got your attention, and yeah. that's what they wanted. So now here's a question I have for you. At the end of this, there's a uh, the character Budo. Who who I'm familiar with? Yeah, yeah. Um, but I'm not familiar with uh, the guy. He says I'm Raymond. My big brother was Tyrone. Is Raymond a new character, or is that supposed to be somebody that we should know? I don't know. I didn't recognize the name at all. So, I mean, it might be uh, a hidden thing in like a file card or something. Okay. I just I, I really don't know. Okay. Maybe either our listeners can let us know, or we'll find out next issue. Great. <laughs> So, so yeah, Real American Hero, I am a big fan of right now. I am enjoying it immensely. Um, so, uh, oh, it's a good book. Yeah, yeah, it's it's been solid. It's been a good read. It it's moved from being one of the last ones that we cover that I want to read to one of the top ones that we cover that I want to read. So, um, it was near the bottom of my, my stack a lot of times in the past, but now it's now it's moved up. So, I can't say it's the very top thing that I read, but it's it's up there. <laughs> it's up there. All right, well, I'll take it. I'll take it. We got the Star Wars ongoing and Turtles. Those are both very solid reads. Oh, sure. Yeah. So yeah. It, those do go above a real American hero right now for me. Movie Week in Review is the GeekCast Radio Network's weekly movie podcast. Steve and Mike take a look back on their favorite films and give you their thoughts. They also bring in co-hosts at times. If you are a movie buff, listen to MWire only on geekcastradio.com. Is this thing on? Oh, goody. Why, hello there. It's your dear old Uncle Joker here. I bet you're asking yourself, what could I be possibly doing here of all places? Well, I'm laughing at the fact that this new podcast presented by Geekcast Radio is called Legends of the Dark Knight. Who the heck knew the bat was so popular? Ugh. Join Steve, Mike, and sometimes Tara for reviews on the greatest DC animated universe cartoon to ever meet Gotham City. So join moi for the talk of the town, or I'll send Captain Clown after you. He gets mighty angry when he doesn't get to have his garbage skull. So put on a nice big smile and join us for the next GeekCast Radio Network podcast, Legends of the Dark Knight. <laughs> Emerging from the dark humor that was the Beast Unleashed podcast, Steve Megatron, TFG1 Mike, Econ Court Michael, 
and the Cybertronian correspondent Optimus Solo move on to Transformers Animated with Transformation Animation Podcast. 20 episodes covering all three seasons of the cartoon, the books, and the awesome toy line. We'll also have cast and crew interviews, so get tapped with GCRN's next Transformers Franchise Podcast. Transformation Animation Podcast, available on iTunes and the web at www.geekcastradio.com. Get your tap on. Decepticons! Transform and rise up to Cybertron. Thank you, Soundwave. I am TFG1 Mike, and you should be listening to my very first podcast, the TFG1 Podcast. 24 episodes covering the entire U.S. run of the 1984 Transformers cartoon. I also have a few supplemental episodes in an interview with Stan Bush. So check out the TFG1 Podcast. You can find it on iTunes and the web at www.geekcastradio.com. Transforming. Roll out. All right, so speaking of turtles, we're going to get in some turtle turtle action. Turtle okay. Power. Go ninja. <laughs> Hit you up on your T-phone. Right. Um, so the first one I wanted to kind of get out of the way is the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Utram Empire, issues one, two, and three. It was a miniseries. It's kind of forgettable. Yeah, I didn't really care for it. Um, yeah, the art wasn't necessarily my favorite. It wasn't bad. It just wasn't my favorite. It's basically finding out that Krang took over for his father. Um, his father kind of became started be, be wanting to just stay and watch their whole civilization die, and Krang recognized that they couldn't do that. That they, you know, they couldn't stay or else they would all die. So he takes over. The only thing I really liked out of it was we got to see the Triceraton, uh, which is a, a character I or a species I really liked from the old Turtles comic strips, uh, comic books, was the Triceratons, but um, this one was done a little differently. It wasn't bad, but, yeah, just, you could definitely skip this. There's some story plot points that affect the main title, but they're spoken about in the main title. Yeah, they they give you that in the, uh, the issue. Yeah. Go so, back and see this, so you don't really need it. No, you don't. Um, it wasn't like it was a bad read, but I would probably snarf it just cause I'm like, eh, it's forgettable. It's not really necessary unless you're really heavy into Krang, which I can't imagine anyone is. Um, you really don't have to read it. So yeah, you never know, but yeah. Yeah. Um, so then we got Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles number 30, 31, 32, 33, and 34. So we got five issues here. This let me title, just, I, yeah, let me just start by saying I, I'm loving this title. Yeah, this is my favorite title right now yeah. uh, of the stuff that we, we cover. This is I picked this up first. I read this first. I sometimes will read the issue twice. Um, nice. <laughs> it's just re- it's really good. It's So we have issues 30, I believe it's 30, 31, and 32 kind of wrap up the whole uh, South Southampton thing. Which is the yeah right after City Hall City yeah. Hall right, um, so in thirty in issue thirty we have Alapex uh, and Raphael are not getting along he doesn't trust her uh, we have Leonardo facing his demons which was really creepy and I really liked it <laughs> yeah yeah it was like, good there was like tree creatures that he was like fighting and everything else and then he meets his mom and talks to her and and here he's sleeping the whole time but I thought it was really cool. Um, we have uh, 
we also have, uh, at the end of the issue, we have Raphael recognizes that maybe Alopex isn't that bad, and he offers her a hot dog um, and offers her for her to join them at the fire. And then we see Ko or uh, Koa, K-O-Y-A, Koa, who is this bird of prey. Yeah, it's it like looks a, like a big hawk. Yeah, like an osprey or something like that. And uh, it's a mutant. And I thought it was a cool looking character. I was like, oh, and I'm pretty sure it's a brand new character. I don't recognize it from turtle history or anything like that. I don't know if you do or not, but no. Okay. So issue 31, we have, uh, Raphael and Alapex are getting along. Uh, that's going to be short lived though. Because, yeah. Cause it looks like he, be, he they be, he be, Alapex betrayed him again. Yeah. Uh, because when, Ko- uh, Koya attacks the turtles, uh, she brings some foot soldier type creatures with her and Alapex is kind of looking standing behind them, but it's just a coincidence, but Raphael doesn't believe that. And he believes that she actually was in on it and he attacks her. Um, and at the end of the issue, we, <laughs> I love the whole Leonardo standing there. Koya says, are you prepared for the slaughter? And Leonardo says, that's funny bird. I was going to ask you the same thing. Right. And I was like, oh, yes. And then I was like, damn, I have to wait for the next issue. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? So then we have a big battle between Leonardo and Koya, uh, and all the turtles jump in. We also get, well, and Mikey has an awesome scene where he takes out Koya with a motorcycle, uh, clocks her in, in the head uh, with that. And Koya leaves, retreats, but uh, swears revenge on them. This is also where we get... April O'Neil gives a sample of the mutagen to her mom to use on her dad. Yeah, and it seems to be working. It's helping him to get his mind back and be able to walk again. They walk, he's even driving a car. Yeah, so that's kind of messed up because I have a feeling there's going to be consequences with that. We get into issue 33, uh, which is they're back in the city. They're yeah. training. They're trying to stay hidden, so this way Shredder doesn't know that they're back, but they have to keep training so that they can get ready. Um, we have awesome Mattea Santaluco art. I At least I really like it. I like it, yeah. You got Bebop and Rocksteady doing doing their thing. Got some awesome scenes with uh, Hun. Face, he goes to the bar where... He's trying to find his son and everything else because he's trying to convince his son to join up with him. It's almost like the whole yeah, Darth Vader with Luke. <laughs> well, yeah, and that's Casey Jones's dad. Yeah. I love the one page that has the flashback of what Shredder said to Hun. I think the art was just really set up really well. It was like on page 12 mm-hmm. of uh, issue 33. Um, of course, Casey Jones says, no way in hell am I ever going to join you. You know, you should you should really be honest with yourself and decide, you know, who would choose somebody else over their own son. Um, and this really is an emotional scene. I mean, he, he has a picture of his, uh, Hun has a picture of himself and Casey. Yeah. And he he kind of tears it up or crumples it up and tosses it to the ground. Cause he and walks like, away yeah. and walks away. It's, it's really sad. Yeah, it's, it's definitely like a, you know, father son kind of book there. Yeah. With the whole story of, uh, you know, daddy yeah. issues. Yep. And then uh, issue 34, we get one of my favorite characters making his appearance for the first time, which is Metalhead. 
Yeah. And here he is a invention created by, I can't remember the doctor's name. It's Harold. Harold. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he also, Harold also created like this bodysuit. And, and that was the guy that Donatello befriended. Yes. In the, in Donatello, the Donatello micro series. series. Yeah. Yeah. The micro series issue. Yeah. So of course, uh, metalhead. He's not really a people person because he brings uh, Angel and yes. April <laughs> to go to the doctor to visit, and he's like, "Why are you bringing these people here?" Yeah, I did like the fact that because Met- you have to expect that, that metalhead has some wiring issues, and he of course then attacks them because he of it. Attacks everybody, and uh, eventually Angel takes him out and puts on this uh, suit that uh, the doctor Harold's been working on there, and. Yep takes him out and he's like well who do you think you are because he couldn't remember he's she's like yeah i'm nobody yep so and uh then the last two pages i thought were the coolest pages of all which is this woman is walking she's talking on her phone she drops her keys and you see off to the side someone says hello Lindsay," and she says oh my god and you turn the page and there's slash with old hop standing in front and yeah. i would love to own this page that to me is just some amazing artwork right there. There's so much detail. It just looks awesome. Um, but he says to her, your job hunt is over. And I think what he's doing is he's going to be creating other mutants. Yeah. He's going to be employing her. Cause she's talking to her mom on the phone. Like I haven't found a job yet since they closed down, you know, stock yeah. labs and it's hard to find a job and just kind of work. And yep. And he knows her, of course, because he was a product of Stockgen Labs. So yeah, he was a, a cat and it mutated. Yeah. Yep. All right. So then, uh, got a lot of issues here of, and we'll go through these pretty quick. Uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles animated adventures. Some, a couple of these came out last year, but we never covered them on the show. So we got issues four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, and eleven. And I'll just mention what each issue yeah i mean is. basically they're kind of one and done's little stories yeah. if you if you watch the cartoon the new yep. one on nickelodeon that's yep. basically what each little book is about yeah it, it's, I, it's like a cartoon episode and i would say that if you like the cartoon you will like the comic yeah i personally give them a borrow only because i can't really see myself buying these issues every month but i enjoy reading them so it's just not i don't enjoy them enough where i'm like i have to own them but I do enjoy reading them. It's not like I. It's not like I go, oh, boy, I have to read these issues. Like I, they are a lot of fun, and they do remind you very much of the animated series. So if you yeah, like the I, animated I series, do, I do like the animated series yeah. a lot. I watch it. I actually, you know, record it and TiVo it, and I watch it. My yep. my kids watch it, and for me, it is a buy, simply because with the other books that I get, this is the one book that I can just. It's my fun book. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's a fun comic book, like the Scooby Doo team ups. Yep. It's my fun comic book. And that's the thing. I do have a lot of fun books like that that are just lighthearted and they're just yeah, you, fun. you read it, you turn the brain off, yeah. and just, yeah. just go. And I figure you're getting this anyway, so I might as well just borrow it from you and read it. And yeah, so. I like it, yeah. Uh, for, me, it's a, it's a, for me, it's a borrow in every sense of the word because I am literally borrowing it from you. <laughs> so, yeah. um, but anyway, so again, I'm just going to touch real briefly on what each issue covered. Uh, issue four was uh, where Raphael got hit with one of uh, with a dart that gave him a hallucinogen like he started hallucinating and uh he had to get an antidote and there was this only only this one fruit that could provide the antidote for him so the turtles had a fun adventure against dog pound to get that antidote um then there's issue five which we had fish face on a cruise ship 
Yeah. And uh, there, here there, he was going after a guy that he used to partner up with who was a criminal also. And this was all a lesson of like, hey, even though they're criminals, you still be, you know, saving their lives and all that fun stuff. Um, so that was that issue. That one was a little bit more forgettable than the other ones uh, for me. I, I, I think it's maybe because I'm not as big a fan of Fish Face. I don't think he's a bad character. I just I'm not a huge fan of the character. Yeah, they're just bringing, you know, the new villains in from the cartoon. Yep. Um, issue six is the one where there's like this slug type tentacle creature thing, uh, that acts, that's created by the Krang to, and they try to take out the turtles, but it ends up backfiring on them, uh, because the turtles know that it's just a mindless thing that goes after whatever. So they trick it to going in and after the Krang. So that was that issue. Um, issue seven is called Triple Date Disaster, and this is where we have Donatello and April spending some time together, and they get uh, have to face off against Dog Pound and the Purple Dragons. You have Raphael and Michelangelo wanting to go see a movie, so they dress up as girls. <laughs> yeah. And, and then you have uh, Leonardo meeting up with Karai and trying to convince her that maybe they shouldn't be enemies. Um, but then when all the other trolls show up, she thinks it's a... An ambush, uh, yeah. An ambush, yeah. So um, they all take down Dog Pound, and thus ends that issue. Um, issue number six, or I'm sorry, number eight, uh, deals with the Rat King making a reappearance. Mm-hmm. And this Rat King is pretty creepy. Yeah. Um, I do like that. I don't necessarily, I still love the classic Rat King that gets, that's the one that's always in my head. But. I do think this one's creepy, so this Rat King's probably a little bit cooler because he's creepy. Yeah, I like this one better, and this is the one that's in the like the cartoons and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, this one we have the Rat King's controlling the rats, but the monkey, I can't remember what the hell, who, who that was, uh, Dr. Rockwell. Uh, he was turned into an ape by the Rat King at one point, but he has mind powers, um, and the Rat King takes control of uh, a of like this device that helps with mind powers and he causes a giant rat being <laughs> yeah. to attack the turtles and uh, April has superpowers evidently, which I don't remember from the animated show. Do they show that in the animated show at all? Well, basically he calls all the rats together and they just form a giant rat monster. Right. But like the Dr. Rockwell is a ape. He, he has some mental powers, but he can't do it alone against the Rat King. So he, they were, they mentioned April a few times in this issue having these like special powers, these psychic powers. And I don't remember in the animated show her having those psychic powers. It's it's hard to pinpoint yes or no because I read the comic book and I watch the cartoon and it, they kind of it blend blends together. together. Yeah. Okay. Uh, maybe the listeners can let us know if you're watching the animated show and not reading the comic. Like, yeah, because like you said, we. Re- I haven't covered those in a long time, and I haven't yeah. read those in a while. So yeah. I was reading them as they were coming out. Yeah, so I I don't I don't remember her in the in the animated show having mental psychic powers, but maybe maybe she does. If she does, I, I'm not a big fan of that because I don't feel like April needs to have superpowers. But yeah, whatever. Well, she's you know taking studying ninja ninjutsu with the turtles and stuff. Yeah. I'm fine with that. I think she has the ability to like communicate with animals or something like that. Okay. So I think I that's know. in the cartoon. I'm pretty sure. Okay. 
Um, then we have uh, number nine, which is a return of Metalhead. Uh, so we get a lot of Metalhead going on in the regular ongoing, and now we get it in the animated. And basically, this one is that uh, wasn't it something like uh, Raphael or was calling Donatello dumb or like picking on him for having brains, and then he's like, okay, well then if you think I'm uh, if if you think that brawn is better than brains, then you know uh, maybe we should fight. And then they do, and then Metalhead ends up causing uh, getting they pretend Donatello pretends that Metalhead short circuits, and they have to fight him. And then he actually really does short circuit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and they have to fight him. So um, and here Raphael knew all along that it was a trick at first, but then they actually did have to think about how to get out of the mess. Uh, then we have issue 10, which deals with uh, spider bites. Yeah. Which is not a character I like at all. <laughs> and Michelangelo names all, most of all these characters. Yeah. yeah. But I, I just, this is one that I didn't really care for. Maybe it's because I don't like spiders, but. <laughs> yeah, I liked him. Um, he's just, he's just a whiny character to me. Like his, nothing in his life goes right. Now he's a big spider. Um, no one loves him, you know, all that type of stuff. I'll never be human again. The one thing they started doing in these issues also, I, I think it was in this issue and the issue before and the issue after this one, is they started doing, like, shorter stories at the beginning and then a really short story at the end. Yeah, multiple little stories, yeah. Yeah, um, which is okay, but sometimes I do like having the longer story that goes all the way through. But yeah. Some of them are fun. Like this one had the short story of Mikey's map, where he he insists they have to get someplace at a certain time. They and because of all the directions he gives them, they end up stopping all these different crimes going on. Yeah, and he's just trying to get a pizza. He's just trying to get to the pizza place. Yeah, yeah. And here it, it did close. So yeah, they, I thought that was funny. Yeah, I did think that was funny too. I enjoyed that. Um, and then the very and this issue number eleven, I enjoyed a lot, which was there's Mikey who accidentally hits a foot uh, robotic foot clan soldier uh, and knocks its wiring loose. And because of it, it sees Mikey as a friend and Mikey decides that they should be superhero team. And the, oh, yeah, yeah. The, the foot soldier could be a sidekick his sidekick. Yeah. I thought that was really clever. I thought it was very fun. Um, again, one of those just fun issues. Um, the backup story was kind of stupid. <laughs> that's the one with the that was the one with the Krang where it's uh cooking with Krang mutagen and the entity known as you and it's like it's oh, supposed the, yeah, the show, yeah. It's like a yeah, it's supposed to be like an infomercial and stuff like that, and then they make this uh carrot bunny creature that they just knock the turtles end up knocking into a portal. And I could have done without that story, but I really liked the superhero and sidekick story with the uh the rewired uh Foot, foot clan soldier, yeah. Yeah, foot soldier, so. So that was all the turtles. Turtles are fun. Yeah, I, I would definitely recommend picking up both titles. Yep. I enjoy them. Now we get into some He-Man. You ready for some He-Mans? Yeah. And this will this will be the, the last of it, so, for, for this episode, so. Um, so first, I wanted to wrap up DC Universe versus Masters of the Universe, number four, five, and six. Um... I don't know how much you yeah, remember out of this. Basically, but. basically Orko's in charge of everything. 
Yeah, he, and he's evil. He's, yeah, <laughs> and he's got uh, Skeletor there on Earth, you know, trying to take the magic away from that planet. Yep. Superman did not die. No. Even though he got stabbed, it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't this what was Chuck actually, was hoping for. <laughs> no, this was actually solicited uh, back uh, last month previews. Yeah. So you can still make up for it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. to me, it's like it's a bleh, okay kind of story. Yeah, it was a good it was a good story. I liked the art in it. I didn't really care for the new look of Skeletor in it. I could have done without that. Yeah, um, they took some freeze with some you know costume designs and some characters. Yeah. And yeah. to me, it started off okay, and I think it kind of felt rushed at the end. Yeah, um, I'm not a big fan of Orko being the big bad guy. I kind of feel like you need the lighthearted Orko. Um, uh, I mean, I was okay with him being the bad guy. It kind of shows a different dimension of Orko, of how powerful he really was yeah. on his home planet. And the only reason he's you know a bumbling buffoon is because his magic doesn't work on that planet. Yeah, but I always his saw him as the good-natured... Huge, you yeah. know, source. Yeah, I just always saw him as the good-natured, good-hearted guy, the guy you can never get That's down. That's because you're, yeah, you're thinking of the cartoon filmation sure. orcs. Yeah. Sure. Well, that's what most people I would think are thinking sure. of. And, yeah, the Snarf character, yeah. Yeah, and if you want people to pick up the title, I think that's the character you need to give to them. But I did like the twist of him being the evil character, and we did get an explanation as to why, which I, I was at least grateful for. But I wish at the end of it we would have gotten the Orko that we all know and love. Like, I yeah. wish it would have resolved with... I wish Black. it would have resolved with He-Man you know, and him having a battle. Yeah. But I, I just would have liked that it wasn't Orko's fault that he turned into this evil thing and, and He-Man saves him. You know, something like they, that. They, was, yeah, they could have went that way, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it would, probably would have been cliched, I know, but... Yeah. So then we get into He-Man number 9, 10, 11, 12, and 13. Um, so 9, 10, and 11, and 12 all dealt with uh, what lies within story. And yeah, that was dealing- trying to... You know, save and try to save basically Eternia. Yeah, and they're dealing they're on with a the mission King, to. King uh, yeah, they're on a mission to uh, go and bring back the sorceress through uh, the Green Goddess. Yep, but they get the big tricked. twist. Yeah, the big twist of it is that Randor was King Hiss all along. Yep, and so we don't King, know how King, long. You don't know how long he was, you yeah. know, King Randor, because he. As far as Adam knows, that was his dad, you know, King Randor, but it's been King Hiss. Yep. In disguise. Yep. And and that was a hell of a twist, too. Oh, I, yeah. I, I did yeah. not see that coming. Um, I definitely liked the art better as we went further into it. So once we got to Tom Derenick on issue 11, the art, to me, got a lot better because it was a lot more traditional comic art that I really yeah. like. Um, and... Well, even I Bob think, Mom, I mean, he's, he does issue 13, and that 13. is phenomenal. Oh, yeah. his is the best one, yeah. Oh, by, by far. By, by far. far. But um, I felt like, again, it's one of those things where I felt, I know that they were maybe going for the trade, but I feel like maybe this this story went a little, one issue too long. Um, I, I liked would, it. I, I, I would agree with that. Yeah, I liked but, it. It's not so that I didn't like it. For the trade, because... We get a whole new story here at issue 13. It, it's tagged as, 
you know, the origin of She-Ra, a prelude to the blood of Grayskull. Right. Now, just to wrap up the story before we get into 13, because I know you're anxiously wanting to talk about that, and I, I don't blame you. I the whole episode on issue 13. <laughs> I know, and I don't blame you. But to wrap up it, with issue 12, what we get is Tila faces the sorceress, which is her mother, yeah. and she comes back, and, her, and her, the sorceress basically says, you know, you need we need somebody that's willing to accept this power to make sure that the planet is safe, uh, that our world is safe. And so Tila does accept it and she comes back as the green goddess. Yeah. So Um, Tila ends up being the green goddess, right? Which I don't know how I feel about that yet. (laughs) I'm okay with it. If she can change back and forth, I'm probably okay with it, but I don't think so. Yeah. I don't think so either. So I'm going to miss Tila. Um, and then we do get at the very end of the issue, we do get, I'm assuming that's Adora, uh, who is in like a cloaked, uh, figure and she meets this old lady, drinks some, uh, water from her, uh, before she heads down this one path. And then we see that there's the old lady actually has snake eyes and a tongue sticking out. Yeah. And so, and that's to lead into issue number 13, which for me, and I think for you, we both said this is our total buy. Uh, out of all the stuff we're covering today. Um, oh, yeah. This issue yeah, this was is awesome. up there with Yeah, this has got almost like story of the year written all over it. Yeah. Um, it was written by Dan Abnett, and like you, like you mentioned, Popmon was the artist, and it's called The Blood of Skull Prologue. And uh, I love that two-page splash page, like the second oh, page the into title, it. yeah. With the title page, it's Behold the Power of Eternity, and you have Modulox there and Leech. Leech, yeah, and just Shadow Weaver. Oh my god, they're all there. <laughs> yeah. They just yeah. it just looks awesome. So basically yeah. you're having King Grayskull fight Hordak and the, the yep. Horde Troopers. Yep. And then there's a big celebration afterwards. So all this takes place in the way distant past of yeah. uh Eternia. Yeah. And uh you get to find out this whole history. Yeah, okay. it's, it's it, the castle Grayskull is standing, but it's it's like you know it's not a magical you know fortress surrounded by nothing. It's actually the where you know the king lives. Yep, and you have Cyclone. And you have the, the elders are there. Those are yeah. the the Gar. Yeah, the Gar. You have the but is it Cyclo? Is that what he's called? Cyclone. Cyclone. Yeah. Um. Yeah. He he's he's there. That's like their uniform. Uh, that they yeah. wear. Uh, and the Gar basically are being. Uh, there's a whole secret thing going on behind the scenes yeah. because King Grayskull thinks that everything is good between the Gar and the humans. He just finished, you know, a big battle with Hordak, and they're like, like Thor, they're gonna, you know, eat and feast for days. Right. And it seems like his uh, little female servant or concubine, if you will, um, you know, is attempted by one of the Gar people and tells him, "You have to stop, you know, King Grayskull because." He's gonna, you know, bring everything down, and yep. it's been told and foreseen, you know, even by, you know, the sorceress, and that, you know, he's gonna bring war, and you, you need to kill him. Right, and she does. <laughs> yeah. Uh, her name is Saren. Yeah. And here's my thinking. You and I don't know if you thought the exact same way. Do you think that that's Skeletor's mother? Yes, it is. Is it? Okay. Yeah. Because uh, if you look at the the gar who told him and gave her the knife to kill, you know King Grayskull, he does the fork tongue next King Hiss. Oh yeah, oh yeah, I know that. Yeah, so that's King Hiss, 
and he 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 wants to start a war between the Gar and you know the people of Eternia. Yeah, because there's this guy, there's this guy. He's, he's one of the Gar. He's like this old, wise-looking guy, and he's the one that tells Saren to kill King Grayskull. And as she walks away, that's when you see his eyes change to a serpent eyes, and he has a serpent tongue that comes out. Yeah, and it's just awesome. And then like all the Gar troopers attack everyone. They take the queen hostage, and um, they, they burn down the whole city. Now the queen that's there, I've seen a figure of that before i think in the 2000x line yeah that was the uh the sorceress but they designed her with like an egyptian kind of theme right and i like how they're using that here so they're but, using the look yeah. but it's a different it's a different it's a different character. character yeah right i like how they did that it was just kind of drawn similar to that right exactly and i really like that but it's yeah it's not the same character but it's just similar yeah so basically what, what happens is you know she gets you know grayskull you know, drunk yep. and, you know, poisons him where he Saren can't does. like, yeah, where he can't move or lift his sword to defend himself. Right. And he's just sitting there and she just kind of don't look she's, at my eyes and she just slashes her throat. He's, he's like, yeah, you were like a daughter to me. Yeah. Yep. And it's an emotional scene. Yeah. It's a really emotional scene. Cause she's now leaning on the sword on her knees, covered in blood and crying, and there's Grayskull on his throne, dead, and there's the power sword next to yeah. him. Well, the the last page of it is, is Eternia, the darkest night of all, 1,000 yeah. years ago. And the whole city is just burning around, so yeah. that's why you have what it looks like is Grayskull surrounded by nothing now. It's nothing just by itself. Now, yeah. 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 So, I, mean, I would love to have that page. Yeah. I'd love to have that double page splash at the beginning, the title page. Hell, even the last page where King Grayskull's dead and she's yeah. like, you know, just sitting there, you yeah, know, that's crying awesome. and stuff. Yeah, that's awesome. And I, I think she's crying because they, she might have had that secret relationship with him. And maybe I think she just is crying because I think more so. I don't even know if there was a relationship. I think she was more of like a young girl, and I think she looked at him as like a father. Could have been. And I think it's like I love this man who treated me like a his like her father, you know, yeah, and yeah. I have to kill him. Right, but the thing about it is, is Skeletor was born from a bloodline of Agar and King Miro, which okay. was Randor's father. Right, and that's why Randor and Keldor, which was his name before it was Skeletor, right. Right. Randor and Keldor were half brothers. Right, so that comes into play. Here because they even mention that in the story. Yep. Yep. So it's going to be very interesting. That bloodline is going to lead to the destruction of the planet, but that bloodline is you know He Man's bloodline, but it's also Skeletor's bloodline. Yeah. And see, I'm a huge fan of world building type stuff and like the history behind these mythology type things. And and let's face it, Master Universe is is mythological. Sure. It's, It's really done well that way. Um, and so. That's why I love this story because I'm like it's building this hi- a history behind this world that I've been reading for ten issues, eleven issues now, you know, tw- really twelve issues now. Now I'm getting this whole backstory to it that I really enjoy, which is what I liked in the Mike Young production. Also, is you got there was flashbacks to stuff that happened earlier on. So um, yeah, when you get to see the elders, yeah, so, I love that shit. Yeah, so I really enjoyed this issue. I thought it was fantastic. It's it's yeah. Wild. It's, uh, yeah, they refer to that as pre-Eternia. Yeah, 
it's why I saved the issue for last because I thought it was the best one. So you save the best for last. And yeah, I, I think so by far. Like yeah. I said, right now we're in June and it's got like, you know, issue of the year so far for me. Yeah. It, and it might be end up being just story of the year because we don't know what the next few issues are going to be like. It might be a whole I hope so, yeah. story arc that's just as good, which I would love. Yeah. So, so that's that's all the issues. That's all the He-Mans, all the Turtles, and all the uh, Joes. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, and next up will be Star Wars and Transformers and anything else we need anything to cover. Anything else, yeah. So, so let us know what you guys think. Let us know what you're reading. Let us know what's out there. Uh, what are your thoughts? Are you reading He-Man? Do you think now that you've heard what we said, do you think you should be reading He-Man? How about Turtles? Um, yeah. What or, are your thoughts? You know, even back at the beginning, are you going to be picking up a C-3PO or Han yeah. Solo in a, you know, Stormtrooper gear, or what are you picking up? Are you picking up the new Ninja Turtle figures? Yeah. What's out there? Let are, us know. Or are you picking up, are you going to pick up the new Joe title when it comes out in September? Yeah, yeah or, that's... you know, what's your holy grail of, you know, Star Wars and G.I. Joe toys? Exactly. So, all right, well, let's go ahead and wrap things up here. Uh, I'll give our information out. Uh, you can find us at starjoes.com. You can find us at theforumforgeeks.com. You can find us on Facebook. Just like us, do a search and like us on Facebook. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter. It's at starjoespodcast. You can find us at the, uh, you can email us at starjoespodcast at gmail.com. Remember, we do have that contest going on where you email starjoespodcast at gmail.com and just tell us what you think episode number 125 should be titled. Remember, it's an all listener episode, so we're going to have listeners on and talk with them and everything else. So keep that in mind when you're submitting your title. Yeah, it doesn't. Winner, the winner gets a prize, and if you even submit, you're thrown into a random drawing. Yeah. And that winner will get a prize. So even if you don't think you have a good title, email us any title, and you'll at least be in the raffle. Uh, and you never know. You might think it's not a good title, and we think it's awesome. So Yeah, we're uh, weird like that. Yeah. we do. Sometimes we just do stupid shit like that. So, um, <laughs> And uh, you can find us on GeekCast Radio Network. Uh, I actually just recently did an episode with Mike from GeekCast Radio, Radio Network where we covered... Nightwing issues, I think it was 29, 28, 29, and 30, which wrapped up the new 52 Nightwing series. Uh, yeah. Definitely difference of opinion. Uh, I like Dick, and he doesn't. So, uh, oh, there you go. <laughs> I want that on a clip. <laughs> no, he he really loved Nightwing, and he was really up, he's really upset with what uh, DC is doing with Nightwing. I'm all for what they're doing with Nightwing. So, well, I actually um, bought issue 30 to support our, you know friend of ours uh yeah, tom, tom king. king yeah so, so i actually bought issue 30 at the comic store yep i read it and I, I like it it's a great great uh intro to the new uh grayson series yep and i'm gonna be reading the grayson series so um and then let's see uh i think that's about everything uh find us on itunes please leave us a review on itunes just a reminder again if you happen to listen to this episode and you're having some problems with getting the live, with getting the subscription feed, just unclick or click unsubscribe and then click subscribe again. You should be just fine. There was some weird glitch that happened, but everything's fine now. But if you do have any problems, just unsubscribe to us and then resubscribe to us, and you'll get the feed no problem. Yeah, that um, seems to be the solution going forward. Now that everything was fixed, right. <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't the solution for a while. <laughs> yeah, but it, that's that's the fix though. It's so. fixed now, so yeah. Um, anything else you wanted to throw out there, Chuck? Uh, no. No, go see Transformers 4. Yeah, maybe. 
Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, But as you guys can tell, Chuck will be on the show more regularly, and which is awesome. So maybe, maybe, yeah, we'll see. Those checks coming. If you guys are good and you leave us iTunes reviews, Chuck will make more appearances. Nice. (laughs) So with that, we'll go ahead and close by saying the force will be with you. Because knowing us is half the battle. Take care, everyone. Later. We've got a better offer. We're going to make a movie. 